Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. In some regards, I do feel uh, an amount of sympathy for a young lady by the name of Lauren Pineda this morning, a young 24-year-old, because she's in all of the newspapers after a... Um, uh, her injury claim against Aviva Insurance was rejected in a court court yesterday. She was up for comp- in for compensation, but unfortunately for her, uh, it's very much dealt with in the papers today because she posted some Instagram videos working out in Dennehy's gym. And at one stage, one of the Instagram videos, or a photograph at least, said, Little booties matter, I'll have my summer body in no time, she posted. Now, the whole thing went pear-shaped for her yesterday. Um, she uh, also didn't reveal that she received sometime back 21 grand for a whiplash injury in a separate unrelated traffic accident when she was a rear seat passenger in a motoring car. She said in court that she wasn't lying on the Bible or anything. She says, I'm telling you exactly how I feel. Uh, She explained that the gym visits were to try and build up her back and build up her core. In respect to the evidence conflicting what she was saying, she said, I'm so confused right now. She never told her doctor anything about the first uh, claim or the first injury for whiplash um, and waited months and months to talk to her doctor at all. But she's a beautician who claimed compensation, compensation for a very slow speed traffic accident. I'm reading from both the examiner and the, uh, sorry, pardon me, the, the Echo and the Independent this morning and the Echo because uh, the court court uh, talks of it. Um, it was a slow-speed traffic accident. It was dismissed yesterday by the judge, uh, James Donovan. He was having nothing of it. He was looking at the video. He said, he said at one stage, I'm getting, t- I'm getting tired just looking at this stuff, he said. Uh, anyway, the, you know, I told you about the footage that was put up on, on social media. But she was involved in um, a slow-speed collision at the roundabout at Douglas Court Shopping Centre um, when a pensioner's car collided with her car. Uh, the repair bill for the pensioner's car was 100 euro and the repair bill for uh, Miss Pineda's car was 1500 euro slow speed. Uh, mind you, she's the author of her own destiny. She lost in court, according to the judge. She had great credibility issues. I think judges can be very patient in the language that they use. Uh, he said there are great credibility issues. She's left herself wide open on this. Uh, she failed to tell her defense doctor about the lengthy history of back pain and the 2013 um, uh, accident. Now, um, at this stage now, um, th- she may well appeal this, right? Uh, but uh, if if she does, well and good. Um, Aviva said that they will very much stringently defend cases like this in the interests of all policyholders. Now, she could appeal, but I believe I did read something that the defence uh, got costs against her, which means that uh, if she doesn't appeal and this goes away, she'll have to pay costs uh, for Aviva. Um, so this is a typical case of people going to court, I suppose, not having all their ducks in a row, you know, not lining up all, everything properly with their doctors, their their solicitors, their story. And also, unfortunately, um, I'm not saying that she wasn't telling the truth. I mean, her, in, in her head and her life, she feels that, uh, you know, that she was hurt and was entitled to compensation. But it's the videos that you post up online. They're the ones that will get you every single time. But, in, in, I mean, I don't think anybody has a problem now with costs going against her because if you lose in court, you should have costs against you. And that should be a deterrent from people who try things on, just generally in the community, trying things on in court to get a quick buck. You can go and do that if you want, but let there be a risk involved in it. And the risk should be that if you lose, you've got to pay the other side's costs. Even if it's a big company like Aviva, you can't walk away. No fall, no fee. And meanwhile, there, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that, on, on you know different compensation claims 
in in our courts. But certainly the insurance company is getting tougher on it. So I spend a little bit of time on that there. And my apologies if I spend too long. I think it's very important and it's it's a local story. And you might wonder why your insurance goes up. Well, there's one of the reasons why. But in this case, it won't go up because this one got kicked out. And talking about kicking people out, I wonder should students just be kicked out of the apart- the apartments and the houses that they're renting for acting a maggot? Well, I can tell you one thing uh, that UCC's president, Patrick O'Shea, and indeed Barry O'Connor, his equivalent over in the CIT, well, on the one hand, they're saying that students should be written to. Good luck on that. They'll use it to light a fire. But he says, if that doesn't work, he says, um, then if they step out of line, maybe uh, if we started sending a couple of them uh, to, to jail if they break the law, that might stop it. The laws are the laws, and we have plenty of laws to sort things out. He says, maybe if half a dozen or so of the students felt the rigors of the law, um, uh, it should be arrest and charge, he says. So, I mean, that, that's... That's good to hear, isn't it? That at least the bosses of the colleges are saying this is not sustainable. It can't go forward. Problems now for Fianna Fáil, uh, Fianna Gael and the Greens is party members around the country. There's a very big chance that Fianna, Fianna Fáil grassroots grassroot members will vote against this coalition pact between Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Labour. And if that's the case, uh, Sinn Féin are ready for a general election. It's the front page story um, in this morning's Evening Echo, or this morning's Echo. I'm obliged to tell you about Sinn Féin being ready for election. This programme also being known as Sinn Féin FM. So it's important that I keep you up to date on stories from the Shinners. But they're proposing, if they do get back into government, a one billion euro plan to help tourism. Huh? Be a lotto win for everybody involved in tourism. We're Sinn Féin to get into government. Brittany Ferries are back with the Cork Roscoe service. That's good news. The bookies are back as well. All of the red tops tell us. And all the breweries are brewing as fast as they can. Heineken and Guinness, they're rolling out the barrels. There are three reasons, according to the Sun, as to why Ireland is a great place to be. One, of course, is the beer kegs that are on the way to the pubs. The other is the travel restrictions look to be lifted from July 1st, where you'll be able to fly, come home, not have to quarantine. And also, they say, because the bookies are open. It's mortifying for Novak Djokovic. He's also now tasted, um, and he's a real anti-vaxxer, um, Djokovic, but um, he's also tested positive now for COVID-19, and his wife as well, and three other players in the cobbled together tennis tournament that he did in the Baltics. It's turned into a complete and utter sham. He says that um, he's, had, he's boneheaded for organising the tour in the first place. I mean, they were dancing, they were hugging, there was no distancing within the crowds. The whole thing was a complete nightmare. It had to be scrapped. Pubs in revolt on the time limit is a story I'll come back to because many pubs are now saying they are not going to ask customers to leave after 105 minutes. Minutes, And I have other stories of people booking different tables within the pub and just moving around like musical chairs. The UK is ahead of us in many ways with regards to relaxing lockdown. We're catching up, though, you know, with the, 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 the travel corridors, not having to go into quarantine after you come back from your halls. That could happen. That could happen next week actually. But the UK is opening all pubs and all bars, table service, strict limits on numbers. But from July 4th, all their pubs and restaurants open um, and um, our, our restaurants will and pubs that do food. But in the UK, all pubs. Um, Germany is gone into a second regionalised lockdown because numbers are on their way up again. And as I was saying, um, good news for people who want to go up, up and away. And many of the tabloids talk about that this morning. There's lots of others besides, including the lotto win. I'm delighted for Noel Murphy. He's a lovely guy. Great family, the Murphy family. I know them all. I know Kenny. I know Noel, I know Charlie, um, and uh, uh, and I know every single outlet that they have across the city with regards to uh, retail and uh, and uh, and petrol stations. And they sold a six point nine million euro winner. Um, 
I think they have a syndicate in the shop themselves and I thought at one stage it might be the staff, but it wasn't. But there'll be a little payout for the staff actually because in 6.9 million with the Cork Lotto winner, there's always a payout for whoever sold it. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Yes, indeed. Lines open. Text 0868104106. Yes, I know. For, forgive me. I know Noel. I know Charlie and... Uh, I know Kenny and I also know um, uh, their dad before him, Noisy Murphy, which was, was a great man, a great rugby player. And Gillian also. So good morning to all of the Murphys. Meanwhile, um, Peter Mark are in trouble because they have raised the price um, of their... Oh, if you had a, a you know a botched job, obviously the hairdressers are going to have to fix that for you. But um, if you had long, a thing called long regrowth, they're going to charge early for it. So firstly, there's a, there's a charge for fixing your own botched job. And then there's an additional charge for long regrowth, where I think where if your roots are longer than two inches, they, they're, they're going to they're gonna charge extra. I'm a man. I don't quite follow it, but uh, it doesn't sound fair to me. Uh, we've asked Peter Marks regionally for a spokesperson and a comment. They've passed us on to head office, um, and we're awaiting on a spokesperson or a comment from Peter Mark head office, but women are freaking out over it. Is it justifiable though? First up to explain it all, Amy Michelle has Amy Michelle hairdressing on High Street joins me by phone. Amy, good morning. What's all this about? Hi Neil. Um, well, like I, I think their prices are a little bit extortionate. Being honest, first I think, of all, let's go through the like, prices now and 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 tell tell me anyone anyway, everybody else what are they proposing. So they're proposing that there's a charge to fix your colour if you've um, home coloured your hair, box coloured your hair. Um, there's a charge for colour faded. So we'll say if the colour on the ends of your hair has faded out because it hasn't been refreshed in the last three months. And then they're charging extra charge for if your regrowth has grown out longer than it normally would be. Okay. And what what is that uh, what is that charge? So I think it's 60 for a colour refresh. It's 60 for um, uh, fixing it. And then I think it's 45 for the colour regrowth charge. So the colour regrowth is the one that's freaking people out. Is it the longer than two inches? Yeah, I mean, I can understand that because, well, like some people might only get their hair done three or four times a year anyway. So they, they might only come in every three or four months. So I don't understand why €45 would be the extra charge all around. You know, they're saying it's going to be charged to everybody. So I just think, like, obviously you have to cover your costs. And if you're doing more routes, there's more product being used. But I think €45 is a lot. And across the board, as well, it's too much. I think you need to judge every single person differently. Actually, I'm wrong. It's not two inches. The regrowth is two Two centimetres. centimetres, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Just tiny. So you wouldn't use thirty-five or forty-five euro worth that's, of product. That's only a, that's only like a month regrowth as well. Your hair grows half an inch a month, so it's a two-month regrowth. So that would be so, normal. Cause people get their hair done every day. So if week. somebody wants to go in and get their hair done and their roots done and their hair dyed, isn't that that's what it's about, right? It is. Yeah. They get they get charged for the for the regular job plus an extra forty-five. Plus an extra forty-five, and as far as I know, if your regrowth has grown out. And your colour has faded. You get charged two of those packages. On top of? On top of your regular price. So it means your price is probably going up over a couple of hundred. So it could be 60 plus 45 plus the regular hairdo. Exactly. Now, you can't quote me on that, but that's what I'm reading and stuff on that. So, yeah, it's a bit much, I think. It's just... And, like, you should be happy that your customers are coming back to you. 
I mean, they're the ones that keep your business going. They're the ones that pay your wage. A lot of people have lost their jobs now. So people just can't afford those sorts of charges. And what's the response been from women? Have, have you been watching social media? I have, yeah. It's not good. It's very, it's not good. I mean, as I said, I am putting my price up a little bit in the salon, but like minuscule bit just to cover the cost of PPE and kind of the extra health and safety running costs. But from what I can see on Facebook and Instagram and that is people aren't happy at all. People are thinking, you know, these might be some people that have been going to Peter Marks the last 20 years. And now all of a sudden they might be charged next to 100 euro. It's just not fair. Murrin O'Connell this morning is tweeting on Virgin. You know, the girl that does the, the six o'clock show. She's yes. saying, just get, just get your own box dye. Fix your, your, do a botch job on the two or three centimeters and go in and then you won't have to pay. Like that'll cost you a tenner and then you won't have to pay the 45. That is assuming that you want to go to Peter Marks at all. But you see then if you use box color and if they're going to charge you the 65 euro or the 60 euro to fix the box color. So it's 65 to fix the box color and then start the job proper. Yeah. So it can go up a couple of hundred. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Are they, do they, are, are they endeavoring to implode their business or what? I don't know. I mean, obviously, they said you have to cover your costs and obviously they probably have huge rent and rates and staff kind of bills and that. But I mean, it's the general public pay your wage and you have to respect them. But it's not. Now, it's not our fault our salon's closed, but it's not their fault that the salon's closed either. So there has to be a bit of give and take. Sandra says here, I rang Peter Mark yesterday and I was given a price of €220 for hair. The girl explained I may need a treatment for the regrowth, which will cost €60 alone, and then the €160 for my haircut and highlights, even though I have short hair above my shoulders. So there's a typical example of, of a potential booking where the where sixty euro was mentioned for, uh, is that a botch job or is that the two centimeters? Probably a botch job. You know what? It's very hard to tell because although they've released their prices now, there seems to be a lot of um, hearsay around what they're going charging. So uh, from what I see on social media, some people are being told about the extra charge, and some people aren't. So but maybe maybe all other hairdressers now are rubbing their hands with glee that people won't go and pay those kind of prices. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if people. Like, obviously, they're a business. They have to do what they have to do. But if people aren't happy paying those prices, there's a hell of a lot of um, independent salons around that would be very glad of the custom. Okay, so if Peter Marks are 160, she's saying, for her haircut and highlights, um, is that is that an average price around Cork? Um, no, bearing bearing be, in mind, like, for, for a man, it's 15 euro on a fibre yeah. tip kind of thing. Like, I mean, every salon varies and where you are in the city varies. Like, obviously, the city centre is more expensive. But, like, I mean, you could, like, in a smaller salon, maybe in um, a suburb town or something, you could pay maybe about 75 euro. And then it could go up to about maybe 150 euro in the city. You know, it is very mixed like that. But there are a lot of smaller salons that would love the business, you know. 160 euro. I mean, do you get Prosecco with that or do you get canapes? (laughs) In smaller salons, you do. I know in Peter Mark, you don't. <laughs> do you get an Americano or a cup of mint tea or anything? You do, yeah. Like, you get all the luxuries like that. You get your nice fancy coffees and teas and that. But, and you get the best products and everything. And as I said, obviously, the bigger the company, the more they have to charge because they have bigger overheads. But I, I just think the extra charges are just a little bit much. Like, if you imagine, we'll say, an, someone in their 80s going in that has really, really short hair and they're only on a pension. Like, how are they going to take that much extra? So, if you wanted to get your hair cut and coloured, or highlights is the term, isn't it? Highlights. Yeah. The highlights are here on the, just 
put them down here for a second at 160 euro. But before we do that, there are, there's more than two centimeters of roots. So we have to f- do that first at, at 45 euro uh, or 60 euro if you did a botch job on it. And when we fix that, then we'll do the whole head. That's right. So you're talking 220 euro. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is any wonder that people are getting very angry about that? When you oh, go back, um, will you be extending opening hours? Yeah, we're going to be working. I think 30 extra hours a week. So we're open to nine o'clock every night for 12 hour shifts and Sundays. So seven days then for 12 hours? Yeah, seven okay. days a week. Yeah. And what are bookings like? Crazy. Um, I've been in the salon the last three days for 12 hours each day ringing people. So it's a little bit mad, but it's great. It's lovely. And with regards to PPE, what will that, how will that, will you have perspex? Will they be wearing gloves? Will there be masks or what's the deal there? So yeah, so it'll be masks, gloves, um, disposable aprons, disposable towels, capes. Um, I perspex at the basins, at the reception desk, and then I have every second seat in use so they're two metres apart. And do you have to cover all that cost or do you get any grant aid? We, so I suppose I covered it myself at the start. Now I have applied for the restart grant. So basically the restart grant, you get what your rates were last year. So I think it starts at 2000 and it's capped at 10000 But we'll say, for instance, I paid 4000 to kick my salon out. I know. I'll only get two back. I know, I know. You know, and, and like, we still don't have it. So it's yeah. kind of out of your own pocket. Hopefully, like it'll, hopefully it'll hit the bank on Friday, I'm told. And, ju- and just finally, if, if somebody wanted to make an... Because I've, I've, we did some research on hair salons and pubs and restaurants, which we'll come back to later on. But if, if I wanted to make a booking now for highlights with you, when would I get in? So... It would probably be kind of end of July, start of August. This stage, <laughs> I'm only halfway through my list. <laughs> August. Yeah. <laughs> if I wanted a book with you, I wouldn't get in till August. Yep. <laughs> Good God! Seven and days I, a week, I, twelve I, hours I a day, and I won't get in till August. Yes, yeah, I know. Good, that's good. That's it's good. It's great, but it's crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, mind yourself. All right. Thank you very much. Cheers, Amy. Take care. Amy Michelle, hairdressing on High Street. If you want a booking this morning, the end of July, maybe the first week in August. Uh, Anyway, stay with this for a while. Aoife, good morning. Morning, Neil. Lots and lots of comments on this, which we'll come back to. Is it fair, do you think, Peter Mark's proposal? No. Do you think think people will revolt? I think they should, like, in all honesty, like, you know, like even for myself, I have really, really, really thin hair. And I, my hair gets, like, they price my hair by the length. You know, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I uh, have What, do they charge you by the inches or do they charge you by the centimetre? No, by the length of your hair. So, because my hair is long, even though I'd only go and get a trim. And I mean, like, the scraggy, an inch off. How long like, would you be in the chair? In the chair, in and out of the salon, half an hour. Ah, yeah, but that, is that including the waiting time or the sitting? Is that the work? Is that half an hour's work? No, that's getting my hair washed. Okay, okay. Getting the trim and the blow dry. Like, my hair is that thin, like, literally. Uh, how much you is just it? hold a hair dryer to my hair and it's dry. How much is it? 65 euro. And you think that's expensive? I wouldn't know. Is that expensive? I think it's an absolute joke, because, like, like, I have friends there that, you know, they have really thick hair. And they would get charged a lot less because their hair is shorter. But you're only getting a little snip here and there. So, because you, you're saying hairdressers is a joke because they charge by the length and it's not fair. Um, you be better. They should charge by the thickness of people's hair, like because you know, like people with thick hair could be in the chair for well over an hour. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Would you be, you'd be better off going to a barber's? Probably, like because I the last time now 
I got my hair cut professionally. Well, sorry, the second last time I got my hair cut professionally. The bar or the hairdresser got me to stand up, squirted the hair with water, brushed it down, and just in a straight line went snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Snip, 65 snip. euro. Snip. And I was like, you you're having much. a laugh. Yeah, but it's a therapeutic occasion, isn't it? It's like, you enjoy going out to the salon, don't you? You like being in there, you like the buzz, like chatting with the staff. The last co- time I went and got my hair cut professionally was because I kind of had to, was, what, over three years ago before my wedding. <laughs> so it's snip, 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 65 euro. Thank you. Pretty much. You know, like, and... Like, I wouldn't even have time for a cup of coffee in that time. Like. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, mind I, I didn't even get a chance to sit in the chair. Like, I had to stand. <laughs> they did it standing <laughs> up? Yeah, no, because my hair is that long, like, but it's really thin. How long is it? It would be almost to my waist, but it's just really, really thin hair. But I have curly hair, so as soon as I just leave it dry naturally, it looks thicker than what it actually is. It sounds like you've got beautiful hair. Mind it. Oh, thanks, Neil. Mind it. I have to show you sometime. All right, girl. Take care, Aoife. Lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Normally, I get my roots done every three months, says Laura, with no extra charge. But now it's a problem. It's pure greed paying €60 euro extra. They should be glad that their customers are coming back. Plenty of hairdressers are glad of a nixer. Or independent salons will do it at a fraction of the price you charge. Dorothy says, people think because of the name, they're getting something special. They're no different than any other hairdresser. Actually, they are probably not even the same standard as local salons. Well, I don't know how fair that is on the local hairstylists that are working in Peter Marks who don't control prices. Bear that in mind. We are talking about cork jobs. I don't want them throwing rotten eggs or tomatoes at me next time I pass a Peter Marks salon. Leona says, down the country, the salons are far more, uh, more affordable and you develop a lasting friendship with your stylist. Yeah, I think Amy was saying that. The further away from the city and suburbs you go, the cheaper it can be. Leona's a stylist, and although I take into consideration that you pay for the experience, some stylists have have the bigger city salons, and they have higher rent and higher rates, which they've all increased now, and they have to pay back what they owed during the COVID closure, uh, suggesting that maybe Peter Marks have to pay back uh, a lot of debt, and that's why they're charging by the centimetre. Uh, Maria says it'll take longer to do hair that has been neglected and hair that has been home-dyed. You're paying for the extra time in there. Uh, some people go to the hairdresser twice a year. The hair is in bits and people look for a miracle and something cheap. Hairdressing is hard work. It's also skillful. Martina, this is overpriced and overrated. The best colours and cuts I've had were in the smaller local salons. Right, we'll stay with this and lots more besides after the break. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Tara says the tube of colour doesn't cost much, but you're not just paying for the tube of colour when you go to the salon like Peter Marks. You pay for the stylist's advice, the use of the basin, electricity has to be paid, rates and so on. I always thought it was expensive until I realised how much it costs to run a salon and a blow dry alone is €30, euro, depending on what type you you get. On average, you'd use a tube of colour for a person and regrowth is anything, if re- could be anything up to over an inch. Salons would have done this as a courtesy, but now everyone coming in with the same regrowth, so they'll be using double what they used 
on everyone. I'm not sure that they'd be using 45, 50 or 60 euro worth of, of, uh, of products. Lisa says, I never really saw the attraction of Peter Mark. It's always been overpriced, even before what happened now. Some women only get their hair done every few months. They were never charged an extra for uh, one or two inches of growth. Why are they starting to charge now? Claire, this, this is unbelievable. They've previously charged me 40 euro for extra layers. It's a disgrace, really. Their price list clearly states that they're charging per hair length and not per thickness. Denise, all hair color, all, all salon colors are the same. Why do they have to overcharge people? It's pure greed. Local salons are not hiking up the prices. One or two more. And uh, there's nothing wrong with home dye for your hair. I've been doing it for years because my hairdresser burnt my hair and I haven't gone bald yet. People are losing their jobs, says Danielle. Yet all the places reopening are putting up their prices. All of them? It just doesn't make sense. I understand they want to keep their premises open, but if they're putting up prices, they just won't have customers. Sorry, I won't get to read them all out, but that's just a selection of people who are quite unhappy. There's a few defending uh, Peter Marks and defending salons, saying things about rent and rates and time in the chair and consultations. Peter Marks actually said that um, that the charge for the service might apply if someone has put a home colour in the hair or they have significant root growth uh, or colour fade. And the service starts at €45 euro, um, and they talk about a one-off service for the appointment um, and always uh, the requirements of the service and the cost for the same will be discussed in advance of the service taking place. But they have put up those prices charging an extra, I think, 35, 45 euro for, for a regrowth charge. Right, uh, back to the phone lines we go. I mean, this might become, um, you know, the norm as we go through reopening that, you know, different businesses will be putting up their prices, not just hairdressers and what have you. Nicola, good morning. Good morning. How are you're, you? You're all booked in, yeah? I'm all booked in. I am indeed. Thank God. Monday morning? Monday morning, bright and early. Okay. Um, okay. What are you going to get done? And give me an idea of where and the prices. Oh, everything. Everything. I'm getting my highlights, full colour, cut, wash. Um, normally, I would pay anything from 60 to 65. Um, I might pay, she has said that I might pay an extra 10 or 15. But that would be about it. And what were the 10 or 15 before? That would be for the extra regrowth or the extra colour that she may need to do. Right. Um, but um, I'm blonde, well, bottle blonde. Um, so <laughs> she's a lot of work to do with my hair and it's quite thick and it's quite frizzy. So she does spend an awful lot of time on my hair. So that could be a 15 euro charge for the extra regrowth then? Max. Max, Max, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And that would be only if she feels need. She's extremely good. She's extremely professional. Every time I go in there, it's lovely. It's calm. It's relaxing. I can't wait to go down and have a cup of coffee. I have no children around me. Um, like It's a bit of me time, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's great chat and banter down there. Um, she has all the PPE. She has us all coming in now this week for our... Um, our dye test, so just for reaction. So anybody getting the colour is going down for, you know, the little tick at the back of the ear just to make sure everything is still okay. So, you know, she's fabulous. And that's Styles and Coachford. What do you make of uh, a 60 euro cost if you have a botched job that you did yourself that charge you, you know, patchy colour, uneven and stuff like that? So they'll charge 60 euro to fix that at Peter Marks. And then, and then if you've got regrowth longer than two centimeters, an additional 45 euro to fix that. So that's 105 euro before they do any work. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I suppose each salon is different, each rate and their, their rent, their rates, their, 
bills are different. I just can't understand how you can charge somebody an extra 105 before they even sit into the chair, you know, for either their regrowth or the fact that they may have put in a, a box colour. Um, I think it's horrendous, to be honest with you. Um, I know that Marie would never do that. She would be more obliged to try and make sure that her customers are happy, um, that they look well when they leave the salon. You know, she's very obliging. I wouldn't pay it in a million years. Okay. I moved from Peter Marks, I suppose, about 15 years ago to Marie, and I've never gone back. Okay. I wonder, will they measure the two centimetres with a ruler or something? <laughs> I'd say good luck on there'll that. Be an argue, there'll be yeah. arguments as to whether it's not two centimetres, yeah. but it is. Like, it's not. Get a ruler. It's not. It's one. It's one and a half. It um, And I wouldn't be liking to be going in after all of this time, sitting in a salon, and the person next to me having an argument because they feel it's one and a half or it's one centimetre. Tell me about it. Uh, I want yeah. to go in and I want to have a relaxing time. It's been four months since I've had my hair done. I want to go in, chill out, have a bit of banter, have a nice cup of coffee. And you can't wait. All right, girl. Well, good luck. I can't wait. Let me know how you get on on Monday. Good luck with it. Don't be late now. Oh, don't worry. I'll probably be early. (laughs) Queuing outside the door before nine o'clock. All right. Oh, listen, a very special happy birthday. Sorry, a very, very special happy wedding anniversary and a very special good morning. To a lady who's been listening to me for years and years. Her name is Sharon Leahy, and she celebrates her her twelfth wedding anniversary today. So happy anniversary! I met your husband this morning, Sharon Ken, lovely guy. I know you listen every morning, so hope you have a good day today, and that there's a, a couple of gifts for you, and also for Ken because he's he's half the he's half the party if you like. So happy twelfth wedding anniversary today. Have a great day. Meanwhile, our own Emma Hill was busy yesterday, checking in with hair salons, checking in with nail technicians, checking in with restaurants to see what the deal is with regards to bookings and availability come next Monday morning. She joins me by phone. Emma, good morning. Morning, Neil. Now, um, with regards to Amy Michelle hairdressing on High Street, if I were to book um, highlights or a cut or a blow dry or whatever, it'd be the last week in July, maybe the first week in August. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of places are just booked up to the nines, Neil, as in one place was like August, late July, like they've just waiting lists and waiting lists. One salon was like 1,000 people on a waiting list. It was crazy. What salon was that? 1,000 people, do you know? The salon in Balancolic, yeah. So 1,000 on their waiting list, apparently, they said, and they just have so many people, like hundreds wanting to get colours, even cutting their hair, which is just madness. Did you have any? Did you have any look at all getting a chair and a hair salon Monday? Yeah, luckily now a few places have some slots in the afternoon. So the Cork Academy of Hairdressing, they have a slot at three and half three. Uh, They said later in the week it's better for them because they can't really take many people in because of social distancing. They're they're apprentice hairstylists, are they? Yeah, they are. So they train people as well, but they're also doing services. So if you, I suppose if you wanted to go in and get your hair done there, you'd have the two slots available on Monday and then kind of other places then Chocolate Hair and Beauty in Douglas they're full on the 29th but they have one slot on the Tuesday and one in Carrigaline on the same day so that's not too bad at least you're kind of getting your appointment in and then Karma Hair their next availability is the 3rd of July and there's the salon on Oliver Plunkett Street uh, (laughs) which has nothing at all until when? Nothing at all until August, yeah. <laughs> Reeb. It's crazy, <laughs> Neil, yeah. 
<laughs> what about what about Joe out in Glasheen? Has he got any slots on the chairs? He's chock a block as well. I think he was even saying he probably squeeze in one in July or something like that. Like it all seems to be going. But his book isn't July open. His book isn't open till August. Yeah, August. Crazy. Carbon hair yeah. design, seventeenth of July at ten a.m. Ten o'clock. Yeah, for all oh, this is for a wash, cut, and blow dry as well. So, God only knows what people getting their hair coloured will be doing because they're full. Yeah. And so, is it any wonder then that they're doing seven days and starting at nine and closing at nine, or starting at ten or closing at ten? Twelve hour days. Twelve hour days. Like even on the phone to some of them, and even some of the phones are ringing off the hooks. I'd say. They can barely get a phone call in at this stage. I'd say all they're doing is just taking appointments or going through their lists. Yeah. So they don't. Many of them don't even answer phones at this stage, and they may well be completely booked up, or others are just booking online or through their website or their Facebook page or Instagram or something. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I even ventured onto Facebook and like I sent a lot of messages to different places, and some of them didn't even couldn't even get back to me because they were just. Up the wall. You see, there are other things as well. So that's hair salons. Like, what about nails and things like that? Or, or people who are getting other work done? So nails now, I didn't think it was too bad. I know when I messaged a few of the technicians, so nails by Angie, she has nothing on the Monday, but she was available for a slot on the 30th, which is the next day at quarter to one. So if you wanted to get your nails done, then you could. And Clothed Beauty Bar, she had one slot on Tuesday available. And Nails by April is very busy, but she's taking bookings on Instagram. So she said all next week is fully busy. So I couldn't get in anywhere there. So it was madness. Yeah, nothing on the Monday, but you could in different places find something for the Tuesday and some then nothing for the week and things. That yeah, was, uh, and things I think like they that. might be a little bit easier to kind of get through. Doesn't seem to be as much pressure on nail salons as hairdressers then, no? Yeah, I think people are more kind of wanting to get their hair done straight away as opposed to the nails now. Like I know my friend, her mom is a hairdresser and she's just up to 90 as well. So What about yourself? You've got long hair. What kind of a state is your hair? Oh, Neil, my hair now is so long. It's down past, oh, it's down past my shoulders. And I don't even think I like, I don't know what I'll do with it. Like I'll just have to wait. I'd say until it all calms down. Okay. Now, restaurants open um, and also bars that serve food from Monday. You made some calls about, didn't you, to the likes of uh, city, suburban and county restaurants and what have you. How'd you get on with those? Particularly now from Monday. Yeah. So Monday, um, I'll just fly through these here now. So Soho, I know they're open from Thursday onwards, but they did have a slot available for a group of four. Uh, Gallagher's are taking reservations, but they're opening on the Tuesday. And you can make those um, reservations because they're available. And then Mount Oval Bar, they're available. Um, I went on and checked and they have reservations online. Um, Reardon's are taking reservations. And the Oliver Plunkett is going to be busy on the Monday. And then the South County Bar, they were... You mean you can't get into the Oliver Plunkett on the Monday then? Yeah, they seem to be very busy, but they said they might have a space available. So I'd say you'd want to be kind of ringing them now, I'd say to get your slot because mm. I'd say it will be busy. Um, Electric then are doing online as well. They have no slots available on the Monday, but there is some available on the Tuesday. Dwyer's have table of four. Have they? Do they see that? Reservations also available there. 
the yes, Liber- Liberty Grill Monday extraordinarily Monday have lunch availability do they? Lunch availability that's yeah. kind of weird I thought they'd be queuing down onto the onto the Grand Parade for Liberty Grill on Monday yeah no I was able to to see if there was an appointment so they were able to squeeze one in yeah mm. what about the elm tree down in Glanton very popular spot anything there? Yeah, they have a table free at six o'clock for the two hour slot. So they'll be fairly busy as well because I actually, you have to get onto them via email now for your booking. So it sounds to me that by and large on Monday in restaurants and pubs that serve food, there is availability. Yes, there is. And I mean, if you just ring up these places now, as in I was ringing a lot of places yesterday, but some places I couldn't even get through. Um, but there is a little bit of availability. So I'd say if people just kind of started ringing and planning what they're going to do, it should be fine. Okay, so for fear that people were thinking, ah, I'll never get in anywhere on Monday, that isn't the case. There are places that are taking reservations. Just finally, in, 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 in your report that you put together, which I have a copy of in front of me here, you say that in many of these places, they're taking two-hour bookings. Um, is, did they tell you that? Yeah, so a two-hour slot, that's seemingly to be what it is now in the restaurants because I know that the Elm Tree said that, that they need their table back by 10 to 8. So that seems to be what the plan is for people, you know, if they're going in and then in Soho it's two hours at the table as well. So it's, it's all these slots that you're getting. Okay, but it's supposed to be 15 minutes less than two hours. So they're just rounding it up to two hours themselves. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what, that's kind of what what I kind of got from it anyway. Okay, okay. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So they, they'd be kept busy anyway, for sure. Okay, yeah. okay. Appreciate that. I'll let you get on. Thanks, Emma Hill. Much obliged. So if you thought that there weren't avail- wasn't availability on Monday in pubs and restaurants, there certainly is. But I think that's quite interesting that they're saying you have the table for a two-hour slot, um, not an hour and um, 45 minutes. So, I mean, horses for courses. I mean, I know, I know of... People who actually are, 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 have bookings in, in, in particular places and they've booked one table for the first 105 minutes and they move to an, the next table for another 105 minutes. And some of the papers this morning, which I'll come back to after the break, are saying that they're not going to be rushing people off tables at all. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Morning, Neil. Any chance you know what that traffic jam leaving Cove was all about? Stuck in traffic jam nearly an hour trying to leave the island, says Claire. Well, the Gardaí are dealing with a collision and a fuel spill on the photo road. It's blocking the road near the entrance to Photo Wildlife Park. There are very long delays built up on, a, on both approaches going to and from and that's the reason that you are or were stuck this morning. Now Peter Mark came back with a very short uh, statement saying the prices quoted have always been in existence for long growth and box colours that have gone wrong. The company says we are trying to be transparent in our pricing. So that was a very, very short statement and response. So there you have that one. Um, I was talking there earlier on about uh, publicans and you see the research that Emma Hill did there. She said that a lot of establishments are giving people the table for two hours, not 105 minutes, which is 15 minutes short of two hours, but two hours because um, they can't enforce this rule, right? And the guardie won't be enforcing it. Now, if the guards get a complaint from the member of the member of the public regarding, say, a pub the people are drinking at the counter or they're drinking pints or they're drunk or they're hugging and kissing each other, or, you know, um, then the guys will have to go and investigate it. But they won't be going around checking on pubs as such. So that's why I have a story like the Mail this morning saying pub owners say they will rebel against the COVID guidelines and that they will break the 105-minute customer time limit when they reopen. Um, many are speaking off the record saying that they are vowing 
uh, to allow guests to eat for a maximum of three hours, despite the government saying they should leave after an hour and 45 minutes. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it, in that regard? They're saying uh, we're not going to be rushing our customers out anytime soon and certainly not on Monday. They can have their table. It won't be for 105. Some are saying two hours and in some cases up to three hours. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Um, we'll have more on that uh, with regards to talking to more publicans probably tomorrow and Friday. Mind you, if you are a publican and you have a thought on that, happy to talk to you this morning as well. Text 0868104106. Um, let me get back to the phone. Let's squeeze a couple of calls in this side at 10 o'clock. Stacey, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Okay. Um, we could all just go out to the Baldy Barber and, you know, get a cup of Barry's tea from him and get great value. But, um, you know, I don't know whether it worked for the ladies. What do you think of this price thing? Well, to be honest, like especially if your customers are being like so loyal to you throughout the year, it's like it's, it's crazy to kind of hack up prices on them. But they're saying that those price. charges were always there. The prices quoted have always been in existence for long growth and box color box, box jobs. Well, to be honest, Sue, I don't know about Peter Marks or anything like that. I just know about my own salon, you know. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, you're a stylist. Okay. Well, what's your what's your style? What's your company called? Well, I am actually not the hairstylist. I am the beautician in the salon that I run with my sister. It's called Sweetness Hair and Beauty in Blackpool. Good stuff. Okay. So do you, are you, do you do nails then and she does hair or something like that? Yeah. So I do all the beauty side. So I do like the nails, the makeup, the waxing facials and all kind of stuff like that, you know. So we kind of have a team of six, including me and my sister. So if I wanted, uh, if I wanted highlights in my nails done on Monday, which I don't, can I get in? Well, for you now, Neil, no, I not, might make an exception. Not for me, just for a, for, a, for a punter. Would they get in on Monday? Not on Monday, no. I think for the hair side, they're booked out until the end of July at least. <laughs> August! You know, it, it's crazy, it is, like, but we're excited. Why don't you go through the night, get arc lights like the builders do? Go 24-7. I know, imagine now, Neil, if you're working 24-7, I'd say we wouldn't last three days. You'd be doing botch jobs left, right and centre. But anyway, okay, sorry about that. I dig- digress. These charges, go ahead. Well, it's just, like, our customers have been so loyal to us, and especially throughout these hard times, like, they're choosing to come back to us again and, like, to support us. And, like, the last thing we're going to want to do is scare them away with jacking up our prices, do you know what I mean? Like, we've always been so good to them and everything, um, so, like, I wouldn't see why we would do that to them at this hour. Do you They'd know, leave you, I'd say. Would they, they'd revolt and just go elsewhere, I imagine. They would, of course. And, like, especially since, like, we've been so grateful for all our clients that we actually won a big award last year because of all the nominations that they put in for us. So we would never, like, turn around and do this to them. Like, we want to kind of respect them as well. You know, we actually held a competition for our clients. I think we launched on the 16th of April. It was called Show Me Your Roots. So, like, for a client who had, like, the biggest roots, um, it was just randomly selected by a number generator and they actually got like the first appointment in they got like free eyebrows, nails and their hair colour of their choice and they got 50 euro voucher off their hair extensions as well like, we rather reward our clients because they have been so and that's the way you know. business should operate always Absolutely. not not in a COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic climate so if, if if you look at this two centimetres right 60 euro for the two centimetres of, of growth how much is that product would you say 
Well, as I said, you know, I wouldn't be the hairstylist. I wouldn't exactly know in millimetres how much product they're going to be used per tube. But it wouldn't be down to that. It would be down to like the amount of hours. Um, especially now if like, there was a client that she was platinum blonde and she had a lot of roots. Like, it would be a lot of bandage around the hair. So it would have to go like longer than normal, you know. But like, our stylists are well, well aware of it. And we've like allotted a lot of time for one client per stylist because we're not overcrowding our salon. And we've minimised the stylist per day as well. Um, so we're actually unable to take as many clients in at one time as we were before. Do you know, um, yeah, I, I understand that because of the distancing, but do you know how long on average somebody would be sitting in a chair if they were getting highlights, a bit of a trim and a blow dry? Well, it could roughly take about three hours. Three um, hours? But I reckon, three hours? Yeah, but I, I mean, reckon from this, from the delay, like and the extra growth and stuff like that, um, it could take a bit longer just because there is extra hair now to kind of go in coloured, you know. Um, but we're making sure that like all of our clients will have enough time and that we're not going to be rushing them out the door or anything like that, you Three know. Three hours, like, I would lose the will to live. You say maybe even not, four. Not, not in my salon, Neil. You'll have a skin in my salon. We'd be always skating and all, all our clients have a great time when they come in and they're always happier when they leave. So three hours actually fly by in the salon. I could drive to Belfast. And halfway back in that. Uh, that'll fast me last five hours. You'll be tearing road sign. <laughs> <laughs> Three to four hours. Oh, my God. That's an eye-opener for me. How many magazines would you read? You'd be scrolling through your phone or reading magazines, I suppose. Are we be chatting away, you know? Are we be, like, chatting about the weekends and, like, when we get back now, it'll all be about you, what we did during the COVID, you know? Do you say, do you say, are you going anywhere for your holidays? Well, I suppose that would be a new topic of conversation. And when we go back, because I think it's more of a staycation you know, for the rest of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Stay local, girl. All right. Listen, good luck on Monday, all right? Thanks a million, Neil. Lorraine is a stylist and she's her own business in Cargilline. Can you answer that question? Two centimetres. How much would the product extra product cost? Um, to be quite honest about it, Neil, we're being charged the same across the board you know, for a tube of colour. So I'm really upset over what Peter Marks are charging at the moment because we're, we're doing the same service, we're doing the same cutting, we're doing the same everything else. And at the end of the day, where do they get off in trying to charge these people? Our clients didn't cause the pandemic. You know, so yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where are they going off? Like, I mean, treating our clients like the way they're treating them by overcharging the pe- uh, people... I mean, it was the Chinese caused the pandemic, not our clients. <laughs> you're you're, a, you're know, a Trump. I, I, I nearly like a Trump there. You're a Trump like, voter, are you? You're going to say the no, Kung I'm flu not. next? No I'm, no, I'm not. But at the end of the day, being realistic, I mean, we're in a different world. We're in a different. So, so uh, it's sixty. Situation. It's sixty euro to fix the home color botch job, and it's forty five euro then for the extra two centimetres of growth. That's what it is. Yeah, seriously. I mean, a tube of colour don't cost that much. And what cost, what prices would you be for the same kind of botch job and the, the extra two centimetres? Is it nothing? Nothing extra? No, I'm not, Neil. I'm not punishing my clients that way. Because there's no, a long year ahead, you see. Pardon? There's a long year there. You want them to come back? Oh, yes. Uh, Neil, to be quite honest, but I'm not worried about this year. It's next year. If you're fleecing your clients now this year, how are you going to turn around and say, right, we're going to charge the same thing next year when we're going through a major, major recession? Yeah, yeah. That's... My child is not going to pay back. 
my my grandchildren, my great grandchildren are not going to pay back. So how can you double back and saying, right, okay, we had the pandemic this year, we're going to come back next year, we're going to say next year, we're going to say, right, okay, we'll have to subtract that amount again now to get clients back in. Well, I think the point. I think the point you're making is that if you fleece your customers this year, good luck next year when you don't when you don't have customers. Oh, good luck to your business next year. That's all I say. All right, thanks for that. Back after ten, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show with Tesco. We'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over sixty fives and family carers. Lines open. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone. It's exactly what Kate did and she's on line four. Kate, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. How are you and how's Con and how's everybody at the venue bar? Oh, so we're still on our holidays. But <laughs> extended holiday. Exactly. One thing's exactly. for sure anyway, Con isn't tearing his hair out because he's none of it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. He's, that's what he's laughing. He's not queuing up for a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? Have you a hair salon booked? I have, I have. I was very lucky to get into Joseph's. I've been to Susan and Joseph's and Glashane. You're um, lucky, you're lucky. At the 6th of July. Uh, yeah, I know I rang up now uh, maybe a week ago or so and I was very lucky to get a slot. Okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, badly needed. tell me about the venue. I heard the other day that you're not opening on Monday. Why is that? No, no, we're not opening because um, the venue is a pub. It's a community pub and uh, traditional and cultural and everything else. And when we looked at the restrictions, uh, it was very onerous. Um, and the, the main thing was we couldn't treat our customers like uh, children. They're adults coming in and we just couldn't treat them like, you sit over there, you have to go, you can't watch the end of that match on the television, etc. We wouldn't do that to anybody. So we made the decision that we'll open as a pub on the 20th. And we won't have, we won't be like a crime scene going in. The crime scene being the perspects and the, the floor markings, yeah. is the yellow the and black warning? Mark. Yeah, and this yellow tape, I've seen this yellow, the crime scene tape, you know, they put it around and this is to block people from places and spaces. Now, we're very lucky with the with the, the layout of the venue. It's a nat- It naturally will do that because it's all nooks and crannies anyway. So, and our customers being local and families, yeah, you but even on help. even on the twentieth yeah. of July, you'll have yeah. to you'll have to have crime scene tape. Okay. I don't I don't think so. It, I think a lot of that now is uh, pop on at that stage. Oh well, it would be, but I, it, it's naturally done in in our place because of the looks and crimes, and then the large beer garden. You know, but you could, but you could actually open because don't you do pizza and things like that? Oh, we do food, but um, there again. We're not a restaurant, and we don't we don't want to go down that road of changing what we are, what we have works. Um, imagine now we've a, a would have a regular tea time crowd would come in, yeah, and they'd have a couple of pints before they go home for the dinner, yeah. And uh, you know they're coming in, and I'm sorry, but you we're a restaurant. You can't have the pints, or you have to go. We can't do that to people. Or if you want, you, you know. have to have your dinner here, not at home, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And for uh, Nova Chantour, the food children, and they're fabulous, and all the rest. They're a completely separate business, and they operate separately to us. And then, uh, what are we going to have people? Serving pints, people doing food at a table, and 
it's just too much work and too much bother. Yeah, the know? whole situation just doesn't make sense to you at this point in time. Not, but no, even but even financially, can you afford, like, have you been able to take the hit and everything? Do you mind me asking? Oh, we have. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're very lucky in that, yes, we, could, we can stay closed. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to put us to the, to the wall. But unfortunately, I do know it'll put a percentage of businesses to the wall, the uh, new restrictions. Well, and without naming, uh, without yeah. naming any, have you spoken or do you know of pub restaurants that are just not, or pubs themselves, I should say, that are just not going to open? Well, a few have said to us they can't open with, with the restrictions. Now, maybe things will change before, you know, that can change week to week. So a few have said to us they won't be open. And a percentage have said they're not open until the 20th. And then other businesses have said to us they can't open at all on the restrictions. So with a, Even if two metres goes to one metre? Uh, I'd say, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. hard in a busy pub, you know, come July to get yeah. people to stay, you know, when they have a few jars on board. Like, how are you going to handle yeah. that? Well, uh, well, we've never had an issue with that because, I mean, everyone who comes into our pub is seated. There's no reason for anybody to be standing. We've plenty of seats, do you know? We, we never have an issue where people are just standing around. And the beer garden is big in, too, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Beer, beer garden is huge. And now then, the, what, groups of 50 can be together anyway out there or whatever they're saying, um, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have no problem and the beer garden being the space it has, the space the pub has. Now we had it measured, we brought in an architect and to measure out the, the premises at a two metre. And at a two metre we can put 70 in there. That's great news, but like you're, you're a bit yeah. like Benny McCabe, although you don't necessarily use the exact same language. You, you go some way. Yeah. He says he's that some of his pubs, like the Mutton Lane, have been around for hundreds of years. He's not mm. going to butcher it or turn it into a crime scene. Yeah, well, he's, well, I fully support Benny. You know, no, you cannot destroy it. And the culture and the friendliness and people meet up. And if the same people meeting up, you know, you like clockwork. You know, we know who's coming in that door at what time and who's going to sit beside. Do you worry and at all that people's drinking habits might change, particularly with the amount of home socialising they've been doing? Yeah. Well, no, because I hear people complaining about it, saying, oh, please open the pub or we're going to be so such an alcoholic if you don't open the pub. Yeah, yeah I know. Because I know. their home drinking has increased by... And there's no the control car. of the measure of the glass of the... The spirit no, or the no. wine and stuff like that, you know. No, you, you also I'm, were saying that uh, that you say the whole situation is so sad and publicans' mental no. health is suffering. What do you mean by that? Oh, they do. Oh, well, uh, a lot of people are very worried and very stressed because obviously not everybody's in the same thing. Might be leasing a pub and the rents may not have been deferred. Now, a lot of people have been very good um, and uh, ceased the rent charges and all the overheads and like revenue have kicked in suppliers are very good and most of them have kicked in and are working with everybody but there's still the like the the day the week to week the other the anxiety the stress the bills yeah, oh, yeah, yeah are people going to come through the door again yeah yeah well that's it and that will the, will the business be exactly will it be there well a lot of people they feel they're going to be restarting all over again you know, and I, it, it is a worry. But it's not just even the business people, but the people who are single living at home. Uh, we have a lot of our customers who live at home alone. And uh, we're in touch with a lot of them. We ring them up. We send them the, the funny WhatsApps. And we check up on them. We're shopping for a few of our locals that are elderly. Get away. Um, oh, yeah, Con now would be going. One day I went with them now. We were shopping for three separate households. 
and which is not easy when they're not sure. That's, that's a, a con- in fairness to you, like I know Con Dennehy years, he's, he's one of the greatest guys and, and so delighted yeah. to hear that you're, you're giving something back because some of those customers, oh, yeah. they'd have a kind of routine, they'd come into the pub maybe once, twice a day just to meet people, maybe have a, they might, they might nurse a pint kind of a customer, you know? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we welcome everybody and even just come in for a glass of water if they were, they were sick or going through treatments. I said, we don't care, just come in, you're normal slot, if you just want to sit there for a glass of water, cup of coffee, we don't mind. Okay, you're, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're, we're a community. Okay, you don't, you, have, uh, you don't have much gag on on Don Parky Cueve and you don't have Live at the Marquee, that's unfortunate, isn't I it? Know. Oh, the business we've lost. Well, our busiest month will be May, June and July. So we would have, yeah, the park, we would have the Marquee. Marquee be starting now, actually, wouldn't it, round about now? It was started earlier this year. It was starting, I think it was starting in May. Yeah, yeah. It was start, and it was a fabulous line-out. What we am I talking about? I'm losing my mind. We're nearly out of June now. You're absolutely right. It'd be nearly be three quarters yeah. of the way through it by now. I know. Every day I say to Con, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> Today is Wednesday, all day long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was a shock to our system, I can tell you, to stay at home first because... um you wake up and a lot of people have said that they thought I was the one that would be because I'm sort of the workaholic and always on the go and doing this, that and the other and con being the publican, yeah. you know, and they'd say, well, gosh, I'd feel it more so being off, not doing anything. Whereas, con, well, it was, it's actually the opposite. <laughs> I've chilled out and con is absolutely not happy that... The system is broken down, you it's know. Climbing the walls. <laughs> he is, he is, he is, he is. As you said, tearing his hair out. Yeah. Well, listen, it's only another few weeks, all right? And we'll look forward to it seeing is. you all again, all right? It is. Cadre, thanks for the Take call. Take care. Man. Kate Tierney and Con Dennehy from the venue bar in Ballantemple. As a frontline worker in Cork, I have zero sympathy for the pubs, Neil, and the nightclub trade in Ireland. For decades, they've had unfair representation at senior political level. Historically, they fought tooth and nail to stop the minimum pricing of alcohol restrictions and the drink driving legislation. They fought that as well in order to protect themselves. We all saw their actions in March pre-lockdown. For example, Temple Bar and the videos and so on, and that carry on. The facts are, Ireland has a very high alcohol consumption rate, one of the highest worldwide. I'm sick of the adverts on Facebook of pubs offering Tato crisps or 9 euro and all this nonsense. All of this is just a big joke to some of them, while colleagues in the CUH are still out on sick leave. The virus could easily return like in other countries once the pubs and clubs reopen. I cannot fathom the idea of this happening while our health service is on its knees with cancer screenings, outpatients, surgical services, including paediatrics, all way behind schedule. Reopening pubs could lead to a second more devastating wave and again, not just put all our livelihoods at risk, but our lives at risk. I regard the pubs and clubs reopening as a kick in the teeth to me and my frontline healthcare working colleagues when we're the most vulnerable of all. Alcohol plus bunches of people together leads to irresponsible behavior leading to a lack of social distancing and that is how the virus spreads. I would ask people who want to help their HSE workers do not go to these places once they reopen and instead spend your money in cafes, restaurants, sports clubs and holidaying around Ireland, says Owen by email to Neil at redfm.ie. I read out parts of that email earlier in the week, but that's the email in its entirety. Joe, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. What do you make of that? Um, then this is from a frontline worker who fails to acknowledge that if we all have a bit of cop on, we might get through this. This Joe Owen is just saying, don't go to the pubs. Yeah, um, I think there's some valid points there, but I think generally speaking, there's a lot of scaremongering out there at the moment. I think eventually we have to take a chance and get back to a normal way of living. And I think the pubs um, unfairly have been targeted by a lot of the people, a lot of the public and even sections of the media. And I think they've got a bit of a raw deal. Uh, In essence, house parties are taking place in even more confined spaces and have been taking place throughout the, the lockdown. So... I think in a controlled environment, I, I, I have no doubt that pubs will behave in a responsible manner when they do reopen. Yeah, um, pubs and restaurants are entitled to open and uh, should be open since the 8th of June, did you say? Yeah, and why? I see somebody that you had on the programme recently, John Harney, a guy I know from Clanmel. He's actually going ahead and opening on Monday. He is? Um, despite the fact he doesn't serve no food. food. He's been no. advertising it as well. Yeah. So he's been, he's kind of gone bald headed in that direction. And, um, we'll see what happens on Monday, whether it backfires on him or not. But, um, I kind of admire him actually, but other people probably have differing views. But I think the publicans, to quote King Lear, have been more sinned against than sinning. And I think they've been made scapegoats. I think they deserve to get up and running too. And people forget about the spin off, the amount of people they employ, but also the, the entertainment industry, which of course is going to be decimated. DJs and singers, karaoke performers, all of these are, you know, twiddling their thumbs at the moment as well and out of work. You see what happened with Novak Djokovic's tennis tournament in the Baltics, right? They were coming out of they were coming out of lockdown. They had very small numbers of deaths, very small numbers of people who tested positive. So they had this tennis tournament that went to three different cities, got cancelled in the middle of it because all of the players got COVID nineteen, their trainers started to get it. The um, the spectators were all up on top of each other. It was like this time last year. It is a real example of how COVID nineteen can spike when people gather together. Sit together. Surely that should be a warning. Probably a warning. It has backfired spectacularly on, on Novak Djokovic, who's been well documented. He's he and his wife have critic. tested positive. Yeah, and he's been a well documented critic too of any. Um, you know, t- vaccinations. When, when if, if a vaccine is found, he's been very outspoken on that. So, I suppose his ego has maybe overtaken him here and going ahead with the event. Yeah, there are risks, but eventually, uh, it's like the old adage, eventually, you know, when you're learning how to swim, you you eventually have to try swimming in in, in the deep end. And maybe maybe the time has come now. We have waited a long time here. Obviously, concerns over Germany in recent days, but. I think eventually we just have to get back and dip our waters in the deep end and just see what happens and where it takes us. Um, I think there is a lot of scaremongering. I think we just have to get up and running. Alcohol plus bunches of people together leads to irresponsible behaviour, leading to a lack of physical distancing and the virus will spread again, says Owen. Uh, I think one of the more dangerous places, much more dangerous than a pub could ever be if you behave yourself and don't get locked, would be in a supermarket aisle, to be quite honest with you. Def- definitely, and um, the whole issue of house parties, which we've seen, and house parties have, yeah. be- have become a huge feature of, of, of the lockdown. And in much more confined spaces, in an uncontrolled um, drinking environment as well. And uh, you know, it's been well documented that alcohol consumption has escalated throughout the lockdown. Um, obviously, off licences have prospered, 
And again, it's kind of changing the, the direction we're going. And I think the pubs are very much an integral part of who we are and define us as a race. And I think it's a very sociable atmosphere. And I think a lot of people would have missed that. A lot of people are very dependent on the pub to interact socially. That's right. That's right. It's an Irish thing. I mean, same all over the world. I mean, they're opening the pubs completely with physical distancing and table service in the UK on the 4th of July. All pubs open. You know, when, you know how you say that, I think you were saying uh, to the lads that really when you look at COVID-19, this was nothing more than a typical flu season, which also kills people. Um, what, what do you, what do you, that's all very well now with the benefit of hindsight, though, isn't it? You say it was only a very small thing. Well, in the greater scheme of things, the numbers are small. You compare it to, to cancer. I mean, uh, over 9,000 people die of cancer every year. I know six people who've died of cancer uh, in the last few weeks, personally, in, in the last six weeks, I could name six people personally with the known who've died from cancer. Uh, oh, I know cancer, that. I know that. But um, no disrespect to them, but cancer isn't contagious. I, I accept that. But the, the flu and pneumonia, I suppose, are, are two uh, secret killers throughout the winter. And, and we, we wouldn't pay as much attention to the numbers you know, we've we become engrossed in stats and numbers. We've got our figures every night, but people people wouldn't have been aware previously of the figures for influenza yeah. fatalities and pneumonia fatalities, which would be two huge areas which would have hard hit uh, nursing homes every year, pneumonia and uh, the flu virus. So we were entering the unknown. It was probably wise to take... Uh, the stance we did, but I think we've learned a lot more about COVID now in, in the interim and possibly um, we've gone into overkill and over-cautionary mode. Do you think, well, in the sense that the prevention was worse than the cure? It's looking that way now, okay. given that uh, the, the, the repercussions financially for the country, as we know at the start of, of, of lockdown, there was talk that we had a, an 11 billion, uh, 11 billion euro budget that was to do it for a couple of years and that was wiped out in the totally. space. Yeah. 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 And we'll be borrowing that and lots more besides. Oh, just before I let you go, Noreen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Do you want to pick up on some of my conversation with Joe? Go ahead. I do, actually, yeah. So, I mean, we've heard there that um, some of the publicans are good. I'm just trying out a few questions. So, And I'd like the publicans to actually listen to the questions. But they're going to willfully break the regulations. No, I'm not anti-pub. My family had a pub. I worked in a pub myself, the most beautiful pub, the Bellevue Bar, um, up to a couple of years ago. I'm just wondering... It's up uh, by the barracks, isn't it? It's the most beautiful pub, and I hope things get back to a safe level that, that places like the Bellevue will always be there. But if you're going to willfully break the health and safety regulations, are you knowingly putting the health of your customers and staff at risk? And if you are, that kind of willful disregard for health and safety regulations would probably nullify your public liability insurance and the owners could possibly be personally liable. Well, there's um, some pubs quoted in the mail this morning. One of them is a place called Oscar's Cafe Bar in Smithfield in Dublin. He says he is vowing to allow guests to stay at their table for a maximum of three hours. Despite okay, the, so he's, willfully, he's willfully going to break the regulations and knowingly put people at increased risk. But he says the so time limit and asking somebody to leave at 105 is ludicrous. 
Well, do you know what? I think having the pubs open is ludicrous when we actually haven't got rid of the virus. Now, the other thing is, I mean, I think I heard somewhere during the week that some of the unions are calling for COVID to be classed as an occupational illness. So that means that if you are more at risk of an illness in your employment, then the owner or your boss is personally responsible for your wages. Um, Joe said the pubs are getting a raw deal, and he mentioned that there's too many stats being fired around. Well, if we, if we get rid of the statistics and we name the people who died, so you have Marys and Johns and Abdos and Michaels and Brideys. So these are human beings and they're dead. Nearly 1,800 of ne- in 1,800 names and perhaps photographs, is it? And photographs. So, like, if we have a look, I didn't look at her this morning now, but what's her name? Oh, uh, Jacinda in New Zealand. Arden. The pubs are open normally. There's geeks happening. Theatres are open. Everything is open because they've got rid of the virus. So we do not have to sacrifice, especially low-paid bar workers, especially low-paid bar workers, and especially waiting staff, and especially cleaning staff. But so would low-paid would, would low bar workers go on to go back to work at all if they can get three fifty not to work? Okay, so there. So what we have with the COVID payment is we have people who can feed themselves and pay their bills. I think we should applaud that. We're not allowing people to starve. That's, a, that's an amazing testament to what a wonderful country we are. Okay, just and on that point then, Joe, um, if you saw the names of all of the people, the ages and photographs of them, perhaps you would be a little bit more sympathetic to the nearly 1,800 people who have died. I would be very, very sympathetic. And I know that they did this in, in Italy. Um, and I suppose from day one, I always felt that the nursing homes were going to bear the brunt of the, the bereavement and fatalities from COVID. And we could argue about this all day, but... Maybe we took our eye off the ball at the start and put too much emphasis on the hospitals and not enough emphasis on the nursing homes. And we could have learned from Italy that's where the bulk of, of the bridge. No, I know, I know that. And but you said it's here in a very small way. But to to eight nearly eighteen hundred families, it's not a small thing. But it's it's definitely not a small thing. And maybe maybe doing what they did in Italy, putting the photographs of all the people who've lost their lives. That that became the norm in Italy and became. It became the face of Italian media right through the latter part of February and into March. So maybe that would be... I know they do it on Sky quite a bit, uh, periodically putting up pictures of some of the, of the brave people, something that hasn't featured here. So may, maybe it is something to respect the, the people who sadly lost their lives. Okay. okay. I don't think... I wasn't actually talking about just respecting them. This is a disease that kills people. Ireland has nearly the highest number in the world of deaths per million. We've seen there with the last couple of weeks, it's young people now that are, that are picking this up. You have under fours. You, you know, you have kids, my kids' age. Um, but to them, but to them, it's not going to be a problem. Well, I think if they're dead, it'll be a problem. Or if they're ventilated. My own son was ventilated for a very long time. It's a big problem. It's a very big problem. Ventilated you, for what? Oh, he, he was put in a medically induced coma. After surgery. Oh, okay. This isn't a COVID nineteen issue. This was no, 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 no. It's not a COVID nineteen. It's yeah. not a COVID nineteen. Yeah. No, like because because if you have seventeen hundred and twenty deaths, of which over well over a thousand of them were in nursing homes, and the median age of people okay who died was eighty three. That's not okay. I mean, if I'm eighty three, I have a right to life. Yeah. I have a right to go to bingo. I have a right to see my children. Like we know what works. We've seen from New Zealand what works and how you can open up an economy in a safe manner. Um, so, like, all I'm seeing lately is the bar lobbies seem to be 
seem to be stronger than the health lobbies. The bar lobbies, the vintners lobbies seem to be stronger than the union lobbies. We cannot continue to put low-paid workers at risk in this country. They deserve better. These are our children, our mothers. Well, can you blame an organisation for trying to protect their own sector? Like, no, even if no, it is no. given, but even I if mean, it is I saying, think. don't be reducing the drink-driving limit and all this kind of thing. My mother and father were so active in the Vintners Federation. They really were. My father just used it as a drinking opportunity. <laughs> but <laughs> my mother was really, really involved in the Vintners Federation. Um, the Vintners Federation is a very strong lobby. 99% of publicans are absolutely wonderful human beings. Okay, um, okay, okay. No, 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 let me finish. Maybe they should be lobbying for stronger for a stronger lockdown to kill off the virus so that they can... Yeah, but then, but then close shopping malls then, for God's sake. Close pennies. Don't, don't allow people queue up outside B&Q, Aldi, Lidl, Woody's. I don't go to B&Q. No. I actually take this very seriously. I wouldn't put anybody at risk of putting them in the pennies queue. I really wouldn't. Okay, ho- hold on there if you wish. Hold on if you wish. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. Pick up on this. What's, what's your, what are your thoughts? It's a, it's a bit gone crazy. It's like people are saying, when the whole media thing is taken over, when are the pubs opening? The pubs are not opening on Monday, by the way. The restaurants, bars and cafes are opening on Monday. And uh, I think it's absolutely ludicrous opening bars uh, at this time when there's nearly 200,000 cases worldwide. Uh, opening small bars with no ventilation and heaping people in, you know, they won't also, be heaping, they won't be heaping the, Vincent, on July 20th, they won't be heaping them in. Well, it will, it will be very interesting to see how it will be policed and who will be watching over it. And in Vancouver, when they opened up on the first night, people that normally had two, that had two pints had 12 pints. A friend of mine was out there. They went crazy on the first week. Um, the so when, thing, like, when, when in the name of God... Will all businesses get to reopen again? Like, I would think that on the 20th of July, regarding Irish pubs, the same rule will apply that is going to apply on the 4th of July in the UK, that um, you will only have table service. There'll be no standing at the bar. You'll have to, um, you know, aren't they, aren't they still saying that you have to stay a metre apart when the pubs open on the 4th of July? And I think that's the way it'll be when, you know, when we, when we open the pubs yeah. on July 20th. Quick, that, that's true. It's very important to get the business going again. It is also important to know that there is eight or ten cases every day. Four deaths yesterday. Every day there's deaths. We need to get, like, in in a way, to zero deaths and zero cases for 14 yeah, but, days in a row. But then, you know? then, then, why are you? Why is it okay then for gyms and people to share gym equipment? Why is it okay for somebody to get their hair done in clo- close proximity to a stylist? Why is it okay for? Pennies to open, Lidl, Aldi, supermarkets, shopping malls. You, you, know, you know, Neil, that when you go into a pub, and in my drinking days, I know off about eight years, and I'm not mad against drink or mad against pubs, but I think, uh, I think it's an evil, addictive substance. That's my opinion of it. But my time, when people get a few drinks in them, they are not going to stay a metre or two metres apart. They're going to be up on top of each other. I know from the people that know the CMO, Tony Holland, his biggest fear in the whole thing of reopening are bars. And he thinks that bars could be the dangerous one to open because people will pile up on top of each other and after some drink 
and it gets messy, and it's hard to manage bars in the story. Yeah, but at that you stage, know? sports will be back, and people will be indoors in bigger groups. They'll be outdoors in bigger groups. They'll be celebrating. There's house parties going on anyway. I mean, this is a this is a, a trade. This is a sector of the Irish economy that provides jobs, provides money to the exchequer. It's very important to tourism. It is indeed. And I'll also remind you, Neil, that it costs the exchequer about three billion a year in hospital admissions. Three billion a year. Ten people every single day in the Republic of Ireland going to the ground from alcohol-related illness. Let me say that again. Three people every single day. That's nearly as many as the COVID deaths. Three people every single day going to the ground because of alcohol-related deaths. Look at the carry-on above in, in, um, in Magazine Road and the drinking in houses. Look at the carry-on of a 40% domestic abuse. Women being beaten to pulp inside their apartments. And how do you know that they're all drink-related? Every, uh, many of them. The domestic abuse lady in charge of it was on RTE the other night on Fairborn, and a lot of it is fueled by drink. Okay. Fueled by drink. You take a hundred people inside the house. And yeah, but so, so if you take you know? them out, if you take them out of the home drinking scenario where it may have been the case that they were just drinking so much at home and you put them into a safer environment where they can go to the pub where at least their measures are controlled and if it's a decent publican, he'll stop serving you or whatever, it could well be safer than home drinking. The problem I've always seen, it's about five euros for a drink in a pub on average. You go to a supermarket and you bring it home, the price is one euro. So that's that minimum pricing thing needs to be addressed. Also, in relation to centres... And I said this before, Central portray themselves as a great community place where people go to the local shop. The one above across from Sissy Young's is dishing out drink on a Friday and Saturday night in pallet loads. And they walk down the street in Magazine Road and College Road, urinating on the street, uh, breaking uh, wing mirrors of cars. Well, the urinators and the breaking of the wing mirrors, that's the criminal activity. The Central have done nothing illegal. It's all related fueled by drink, fueled by drink. And a lot of these off-licenses in these places, in my opinion, should be closed at about 7, 8 o'clock when the pubs come back. Also, the pubs are coming back fully open late. That's another mistake. Okay. They should okay. be open on a limited way in limited hours. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, Noreen, did you want to say something? Yeah, if I could, please. Would it be possible for you to get a spokesperson from the insurance industry on to clarify whether... Public liability insurance is in place if the publicans willfully and knowingly break the regulations. No, no publicans, they have to appoint a COVID rep for staff, do return to work inductions, ensure PP is available, carry out risk assessments, get workers to fill out an at-risk survey. I mean, if I'm putting the plate down in front of you and clearing it away... What risk am I at? This ensures that they have put the measures in place to protect the workers, or at least it appears on paper like what that. If there's a contact tracing and somebody dies? What if there's a contact tracing and somebody dies um, from COVID-19 and it's traced back to a staff member in a pub? Was there a legal yeah, implication there? Where these 
safety measures were not put in place. Okay. So if a worker or a, or a customer gets COVID, the employer or the owner will have to be 100% certain that they have ticked all the boxes okay. that they will fill. Another issue in relation to publicans have a huge responsibility. When people go back drinking, the, the danger is that they'll drink heavy. Publicans ha- always have had a responsibility that when somebody is drunk, stop serving him. That's something when I was drinking, they did not do. And they continue to just lash out drink and look at the tin readings and don't give a damn about the health and welfare of people. Now, you and well they, mean that some publicans do. I mean, maybe not enough. A lot of them do. They think of the tin like the central. No, no, some publicans will say you've had too much. And, 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 yeah, okay, well. One of, the, one of the saddest things, Neil, that I thought of in the last couple of weeks was there was a man and we had a desperate bad winter. I'm going back about 30 years. It was desperate. And like the bowlers in Blackpool, we were lowered on the road. So upstairs, and we had a low ceiling. So upstairs was practically at eye level if you were in the centre of the road. And I went to bed with the window open and I heard this noise at the door. And it was one of our customers and he couldn't get home. And he was just going to cuddle up in the doorway and I went out and we brought him in. And there were hundreds of people we brought in and tucked them in on the seats in the bar. Not all publicans are horrible. Yeah, okay. I hope we can actually have, because pubs are community, they're about family, you can't talk to somebody yeah, for um, hours. Yeah, the, the venue are, are shopping for elderly people and have been for months, you know? So, yeah. yeah, so I just would like right. them to reopen in a safe manner. And maybe check out with the insurance industry. Okay. If there's anyone from the insurance industry... I will check that out hold on okay thank you both Joe did you just want to finish very very quickly yeah just I hold on there if you don't mind Vincent yeah. yeah just to sum it up really I suppose that uh, there was a lot of anti maybe alcohol sentiment there from Vincent but I think that the, the wider picture is that there are so many anomalies out there just now and um, you pointed to the likes of Penny's Little Aldi's all these um, yeah, DIY shops as well huge huge crowds um, private house parties yes publicans I think and pubs are being singled out as scapegoats, and I think that is, that is the key message here. I think okay, uh, thanks a lot for that. of anti-pub sentiment, and I think a lot of contradictions out there. All right, well, I'm going to come back to it after the break. But thank you, Joe. Thank you, Noreen. Hold on there, Vincent. Danielle is up after the break. But you know, you talk about the carry-on in the city, and there's an interesting case actually, where the guardy arrested a guy in relation to an incident in Bishop Lucy Park yesterday. About two o'clock, a man was sitting on a bench in Bishop Lucy Park uh, when he was approached by three other men. One of the group then assaulted the man and stole a bottle of vodka from your man's bag. Um, he assaulted him, took his vodka. The man was brought to the Mercy Hospital with an apparent stab wound to the leg. He was discharged later that evening. Now, the description of the suspect was circulated by the Gardaí from Anglesey Street. A man in his 40s was arrested shortly afterwards, and a knife and a bottle of vodka was also recovered, right? And he's at the Bridewell now in the Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. But Gardaí are up, uh, looking for anyone that might have been in the park at around 2 o'clock or might have seen the incident. Now, tells you an awful lot of things, doesn't it? Talks about, uh, you know, uh, drinking in the city, drinking in Bishop Lucy Park, having a bottle of vodka, although, my God, you wouldn't wish the, the bush that to happen to anybody who was stabbed. It also shows the amount of um, knife crime that's out there. And this is a stab wound to the leg. There's more and more blades, knives and shivs out there than ever before. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM.
104 to 106 Red FM. Susan said, come off it. No pub is offering nine euro for a bag of potatoes. Every job and industry minds itself. Uh, unions being the case in point. Remember, the excise and VAT from the pubs, restaurants and nightclub trade goes a long way to paying the frontline services uh, which we pay for. Everything, including pubs, benefit the state services. I think the idea of the nine euro for a bag of potatoes, that was just some, some of these jokes and cartoony things that were circulating online. Um, you know, starter, nuts, main course, potato uh, crisps, um, you know, as it was dessert then, uh, a cocktail of nuts and crisps kind of thing. Danielle, good morning. Uh, let me just get my act together here, line four. Danielle, good morning. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No bother. I just want to make a point. Like this guy is going on that, you know, uh, all this drama with drink. It's all to do with the publicans. Like, are we? Are publicans supposed to be responsible for people? Like, do they have personal? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Like, but has he ever heard of public? You know, um, personal responsibility. Should we blame Ford and Skoda for car accidents or Electric Ireland for people electrocuting themselves? Like this virus has. As in, as in, uh, should publicans be blamed for turning people into alcoholics, or should publicans be blamed for a spike in domestic abuse that's drink related? You know, these ten deaths, you know, per day due to alcohol-related illnesses. Like, is that the publicans' fault? No, it's not. It's all about personal responsibility. That's what it is. We can't make people not drink. We can't make people get behind the wheel of the car not drunk. We can't force people to go for, you know, health care if they need it. They, you know, someone could be sick with something. So is the doctor to blame to say I get yes, infection in my I, pub? Yes, but I understand all of that. But in the event of pubs, when they reopen, not controlling the amount of people they have in there and people are swinging off each other and hugging and kissing and acting I the under, boy, I understand that. Neil, I understand uh, that. Somebody right. is I drunk think... and they have car keys and they allow them to yeah. drive and all this. Like, they are a licensed yeah. premises with a licensed yeah. product. But it's about yeah. personal responsibility. That's I mean, what t- it is. talking to me about yeah. surgeons and doctors, you could sue a surgeon and doctor if they botch your job, right? If they botch your job, yeah. that's a different story, right? But what I'm talking about is, let's just say, for argument's sake, right? I was very sick at the beginning of COVID. I had a failed extraction of a tooth and I left it because I was too afraid to go back because it had hurt so much. I almost died of sepsis. My entire face swelled out. That was my fault. I couldn't go back and blame the dentist for that. That was my fault because I'd left it go as long as I did. Well, so what, happen- what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened that gave you sepsis, though? Um, they left a bit of the root inside. I was meant to go back sure, and have it removed, but I was dentist- too afraid. But sure, that is the dentist's fault. But it's not the dentist's fault. It's my fault because I didn't go back. Oh, I had they the caused, they caused it. Yes, but I had the responsibility to go back and have it fixed, and I didn't. So that was on me. That wasn't on the dentist. That was on me. This is what personal responsibility is all about. Like, if I go into a pub and get absolutely off my face drunk and get behind the wheel of my car, that's my fault, not the publican. How do they know that I have car keys? All right, you know, listen, fair play to you. Thank you. Go ahead, Vincent. Uh, Yes, it is the personal responsibility of the pub owner. Many, many times over many years, pubs have continued to serve people that are after 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 drinks. There are many young people who go for a blast at home and then go to the pub and they're actually drunk by the time they get to the pub. So in actual fact, the responsibility is very much on the publican. Only once in my 30-year drinking time did I see a publican not serving me. Once, down in McCroom. 
every other time, there was many times I was around the city, absolutely hammered drunk. And I was, conce- I was continually served drink. The bottom line is, as I said, the publican and the centrist are interested in one thing, profit. The lobby of the drink trade in Ireland is huge. So you can't? How, how do you argue with that, Daniel, where he's talking from 30 years' experience and he's being very open and honest about his drinking? And I understand, and I commend him for being open and honest about his drinking, but at the same time... He's responsible for himself. Yes, maybe. He wasn't in, any, he wasn't in any. Wait a second now. He wasn't in any, and others aren't in any fit condition to be responsible for themselves. Exactly. But, yeah, that's correct. That's, but that's a choice you make. That's a choice yeah. you make. If I go out and get blind drunk tomorrow, that's a choice I made. No one put that drink in my hand. No, it's a choice you make. It's about personal responsibility. Listen, the country publican needs to, just on this topic. I know mean, we're going to a yeah. different area here, but the publican needs to take the responsibility away from you and take Correct. over and say that's, that's exactly it. And, and even if you, even if, like for instance, you don't agree. Why? Like even if you went to a pub drunk where they didn't serve you. And it wasn't their responsibility for you getting into the state you did on their premises. They should also say no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's just put it in a different perspective. I walk into Ford and I buy a car and they say, yeah. make sure now you don't speed in that. And I go out and I speed and I crash the car and I kill myself. Are Ford yeah. to blame because they've told me not to do it? No, they're not. Yeah. I am because it's personal responsibility. That's what yeah. it's about. It's about being taught personal responsibility as well. It's about, you know, being shown what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And I as parents, see. that's yeah. something that they need to instill in their children. As well. I can see so, I can see every day, every single day when I walk around the city, when the pubs were open or when they're closed, or when it's just the off license. In every single corner of the city, and I walk around a lot, the damage that alcohol has done to people's lives in this city. It's damaged their mental health. The damage it has done is ferocious. Ferocious. Right through generations, and it's time if we ha- if we threw the money we threw at COVID at a, a, a health campaign for alcohol and alcohol ed- education, and we did throw a money at COVID, but if we threw money at education and uh, health related promotions for alcohol. You would address the. It, it's but you could, say, you, you could say that about loads of things, but they don't seem to make a blind bit of difference. We have drink aware, no, drink responsibility, yeah. responsible campaigns. Yeah. The amount of alcohol that features in television, actually, the amount of gratuitous violence on television and butchery of bodies and people's. It's, incre- it's incredible. It's accepted. Do you ever think why we have such an increase in crime and the use of knife crime? They see a lot of that on television with the gratuitous butchering of people on TV shows. Um, so, like, I think all of the warnings and all of the campaigns, that won't make a blind bit of difference. It just, it just won't. No, it doesn't because it's about personal responsibility. It's about being taught what's right and what's wrong. Like, alcoholism, that's an addiction. Addiction is a real thing. It's not like some, it's not like you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to drink all day today and just because I feel like it. That's not it. If they get up in the morning, they have to have a drink. Like, if we treated that addiction... But we got to control it some way, Danielle. It, it, something's going to have to be done because you have younger people drinking hard liquor at a much younger age and there's a big problem now with young girls who are more inclined uh, to drink your 40 and your 45% proof uh, vodka, rum... 
whiskey, yep. high alcohol. It's, it, this is not about, you know, a glass of carling or, or a six pack in a, in a ditch anymore, you know? Yeah. But you look at ask, 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 the, ask the police, ask the Gardaí. A lot of the murders in Cork and, and the shocking murders and the stabbings that have happened in the last year, I know for a fact. Many of them are fueled by drink. Yeah, but you see, that's I, not I, that's I, not I, a, that's not a responsible drinker's problem. Yeah, but I'm saying a lot of it is. If you ask the guardie down on Anglesey Street, what is a lot of the trouble fueled by their call-outs? People tend to forget about all the yeah, but, the about but an awful lot of people don't go out murdering each other or killing each other. No, but I'm saying look at a lot of the fights and and the anti-social behaviour. It's a lot of it is, is called. If you ask the guardie, they're at the coal face. I don't know every night, but they will tell you a lot of it is. A huge amount of it is fueled by alcohol, you know. And the Gardaí are called out, though, with COVID flying around. And, you know, they've, they've done an exceptional job for the last three or four months, uh, the Gardaí right across the city. Where, thing, where, are we, where are we with people who are off drink, do you think, and going to AA meetings? Do you think that some of them fell off the wagon? Well, for me, anyway, it was an extremely difficult period, particularly when it went on and on. And uh, the alcohol, uh, certainly, yes, there's no doubt about that, that. A lot of people went back on it. And I was on the show, I don't think you were presenting it that morning, where I, uh, I said the churches should have been opened to facilitate the meetings for aware and for the... Uh, yeah, I know. The, yeah, I can't the, argue uh, with you there, yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's a good idea. But certainly there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people did go back on it. And what I would say to them, if, and I always say to people who go off the, or who go back on the drink, that's fine, you can go off it again. You, you did it once, you went off it, you can come back and go off and go off it again. I'll tell you one thing. So if you had, then, if you had a slip, uh, you know, Come move, back, move come on, back yeah. and come back and, and, and come back to the meetings. And I will tell you one thing. I've been through, you know me well, Neil. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I work hard, you know, and I serve the city very well. And you have no idea of the joy in my heart. On the 19th day of July coming up, I will be 60 years of age. And I wouldn't be here talking to you or celebrating, please God, my 60th birthday if I hadn't give up, given up drink. And that's a fact. Why? You know, why, why not? I, I, I would have been dead because I was drinking so heavy. There is no way your body, your liver, you couldn't function. I wouldn't be alive. If I kept drinking the way I was drinking, I wouldn't be alive. Does that, thought, does that thought keep you sober? It certainly does. But the feeling of being off the drink, and I said this before on radio, and for anybody, uh, Marion Key said it on the late list, the feeling of joy of being off drink and not being a slave to drink anymore, to be released from that environment, is better than any lotto win. I can tell you that. Okay. You can get up in the morning, no hangover. Your finances are in order. You're able to think straight. If you like me, if I have a mental health issue, I can deal with it on a daily basis. For some, I don't think a, a drinker or a normal person who haven't been through the addiction phase realizes how the joy in my heart at being off drink is absolutely amazing. The way you can get up in the morning, do the small things, but it's an incredible feeling. And there are hundreds and thousands of people in Ireland who are like me, who had addiction issues with drugs and alcohol and across the city who gave it up and they are now leading like me 
wonderful, happy lives. You met an amazing guy uh, during the week, actually, who had uh, developed a terrible problem with uh, with drugs, uh, heroin. He stopped me on the street, actually. We had a good chat. Uh, and uh, he has now turned his life around totally. He's involved in an import-export business. He's absolutely flying. Uh, but he, he got into counselling as well then, in fairness to him, because he had been through the ringer. Uh, and he's trying to help other young people who, like him, went off the rails at a very young age. I mean, he's an incredibly positive yeah, influence. That, that is the great thing I found about going, particularly to the aware meetings, the mental health meetings, is that when you get better, you can help other people. Yeah, but imagine and coming back from yeah. heroin, like. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is, like, any addiction is, and, and like, that lady Danielle was saying. Although I suppose I alcohol really is, 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 is as bad a demon because... Heroin, we all got tut, tut, tut. But alcohol is, is an accepted substance, you see. It's the difference. I, I didn't think when I started drinking at 19 or 20 that I ended up with an alcohol problem. It grew and grew and grew and grew on me. Yeah, but you a know? publican didn't turn you into an alcoholic, you see. So that's what Danielle says. Exactly I, I'm well aware of that, but I was many, many times inside the pubs and I was served drink when I was absolutely out of my head. Okay. And uh, the, 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 the point I'm making is that a pub... Uh, Danielle is right. Personal responsibility. That was the one of the things that I was was a core value in getting off the drink. Personal responsibility. That is true. She's one hundred percent right there. But the publican has a personal responsibility to its customers. Okay. You cannot go serving a customer that's drunk. Okay. Fortunate calls here, which I want to come back to after eleven. I'll put you back on hold for now, Vincent. Danielle, thank you. Are you finished? I don't want to cut you short. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm on. I'm all done. Thank you very much. Well done. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Much obliged. Uh, I love people who just spontaneously call a program regarding any kind of topic that we have, and you're welcome to do the same. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. If you want to text, you can do that also. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. Zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Owen's a frontline worker. Has very little sympathy for the pub trade. Uh, he works in healthcare, obviously, and has colleagues who feel just like he does in the CUH that people should not firstly the pub shouldn't be reopening in July uh, and secondly uh, people shouldn't go um, Natalie says if we go to a cafe, restaurant, sports club we go on holidays in Ireland we won't get COVID is it? But if we go to a pub we will I didn't know COVID-19 picks where it's going to be. Julie says, I have sympathy for any business that has not been able to open. The idea that Ireland has the biggest problem with alcohol in the world is not a fact. Fact, check it. Please don't run down your own country in this way. COVID-19 is never going away. There's no vaccine and there won't be, if ever, for a long, long time. All workers in this time should all be shown respect. Just because you work in the CUH or another hospital doesn't give you the right to run any other industry down. Just to clarify, please do not be so judgmental. Support everyone um, else the way the country has given you all of the respect in the last few months. I mean, we're in a completely different world now to where we were three months ago. I know I certainly am on air from the stories and the conversations and the worry and the fear and the confusion and the apprehension that we had, uh, say, going back to the middle of March to where we are now near the back end of June. I mean, it's been an extraordinary journey as we try and come out the other side of it. Um, I think that really, and I was saying yesterday that I think it would make sense to just throw the doors open and let people, you know, the, the, the two words here are cop on. You know, it's always been about cop on, having cop on. Um, and, you know, if it's going to come back, are there going to be spikes or clusters in the autumn or August or whenever? Bring that on, like, and we'll deal with that then. But, like, I think you've got to get back, don't you? You really do. Sylvia says people are completely confused and frustrated. You know what Owen is saying, I do understand. 
Having a daughter as a nurse, I understand this, believe me. The government need to step up now and say, this is what we are doing now with the pandemic. I'm not saying open the pubs, but you must eat food in these places, opening with a minimum of nine euro to spend. If I go into the pub and eat nine euro worth of packet of peanuts, then I'm COVID free. If I have a plate of food, I'm COVID free. It's just a lack of direction. I won't be going into the bars myself because I'm not paying, paying nine euro for overpriced food than to be rushed out the door. Well, then don't. Again, that's about cop-on and choice. If you want to go into a pub on Monday that serves food, buy the damn food and have you a couple of drinks. Um, now, the big issue here is the pubs that are saying, well, we're not going to limit it to 105 minutes. We wouldn't be in any position to tell our customers to get out. We won't be doing that. Many of the bookings that Emma Hill was inquiring about yesterday, the pubs were saying, here in Cork, pub restaurants, you can have the table for two hours. Mark says, I'm sure the healthcare worker would be more sympathetic if his livelihood was actually the pub trade. For many, many years in both pubs and nightclubs, Chris Toomey soldiered bravely and he joins me by phone. Chris, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my man. So you, you've actually seen it for a long, long time, although not anymore, from the licensing hours of a pub and then nightclubs as well, which went into the wee small hours. What are your thoughts on all of this? There's a long version and a short version. The short version for today is there are very, very few badly run public houses in Cork City today, simply because the publicans slash landlords have become very responsible. They realised that their licence is valuable. It can be objected in September and it's just a very serious threat. So they take it very serious. Plus the fact, they don't want to be living in an environment or working in an environment where it's volatile or, or messy. Everyone endeavours to run a good, clean house. Now, down over the years, there has been badly run pubs and there's been very good run pubs, but they've all moved into the good run pubs now these days, Right. But what people are forgetting is most of the damage that's done is on the streets, right? After the event. Mm. They're blaming the publican for a lot of things. Now, the publican is a very responsible guy. And all the publicans I know are very responsible. And they are willing to take a bunch of car keys off a guy if he's behaving badly. They are going to refuse alcohol. Ah, that's the exception rather than the rule, surely. Give me your keys. Yeah, but the, there are very, very few people doing it these days, Neil, to be fair. Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah, yeah. And very, very few. I mean, even even a fella standing next to a fella at the bar would actually have a pop-off and if he thought he was going to fucking drive, oh, excuse me, if he thought he was going to drive the car. Well, really? You know, that that a fellow drinker or uh, someone, a stranger would intervene? Maybe, I don't know. Well, they'd say to the, they'd say to the barman or the manager or the owner, your man is thinking of driving there, you know? Uh, no, that doesn't happen these days. People have got very responsible over the years. Over the last 25 years, people have got very responsible. But I hold the off-licenses and the supermarkets to blame for 90% of the misbehavior because basically they're getting an older teenager or no, a teenager's older brother or sister to go and buy the alcohol. The kids are getting it. They're misbehaving on the street. But the, the, and this is going back for years. The 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 lice, the off licenses and the supermarkets have no responsibility once it goes out the door. Yeah, but they're not serving underage. They're not serving underage, but the underage are getting older siblings to go in and get it for them. And how is that the fault of an off license or a supermarket then? It's not just see. There's no well, law been broken there. That's personal responsibility. There's no law been broken, but at the same time. They're very well aware of the nod and the wink of one guy walking in by 40, 50 euros worth of drink. And if they walk outside the door, they'll see four teenagers waiting. And if you want to ever see it, I'll take you and show it to you. 
is happening in car parks. The teenagers are waiting around the corner. The older sibling goes in, buys 40 euro worth of drink. Yeah. Now, the response, now the, 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 the supermarket, uh, supermarket or off-license manager slash owner should be fully aware of this, and they are fully aware of it. But as far as they're concerned, we made the sale. We didn't break the law. Off you go, not our problem. They then have a lovely evening. Whereas the publican, if the publican serves someone excessive drink and they're not misbehaving, he has to put up with them. And he has to, he has to evict them from the pub with the threat of violence, etc., etc. So the publican has carried his responsibility to the end of the shift. Well, where is the responsibility of a publican? Where is the responsibility of a publican who let a sober member of the public to get drunk? Um, and, in, and and not being and not in, not in control of their movements or their their thought process. Where where is the responsibility of the publican there? But there's very few publicans doing that these days. There there are I mean, f- very few. Are you saying the vast majority of publicans would would refuse to serve a customer if they've had too much? Absolutely, emphatically, they would refer because their years of experience have taught them if this guy gets one more. Vincent I, said, in thirty years of drinking, that ended up as, a, as an alcoholic. He was only ever stopped, refused to drink once. Well, I'm I'm thirty years drinking, and I was never refused to drink. No, I'm saying, are you saying that it's changed now? Would you acknowledge that it used to be the case that publicans didn't stop serving drunk people, but well, they as have? As I referred to earlier. There was well-run pubs and there was badly-run pubs. Now they're all well-run pubs because the value of property is, too, is much greater. The value of the license is more valuable, and they now realise that the Gardaí will zoom in in September and object to the license. But no, what I'm saying is basically we've come a long way. Yeah. But the off licences and the supermarkets are how would I put it? They're being a bit devious. They're selling the drink legally to an older. Uh, uh, teenager 2018, 1920 but their box stops at the front door whereas the publican has an obligation all the way through the shift But it shouldn't make any difference whether you're 16 or 19 if you're abusing alcohol though, even somebody who's old enough to buy it, um, they're drinking harder liquor, they're drinking more of it, it's becoming more and more of the social aspect of all people's entertainment at a much much younger age now, I know that there are people underage drinking and that's, that's terrible that's awful but you have 19, 20, 21 and 22 year olds. Stuff goes on on College Road, uh, the amount of home drinking, house parties and stuff. That's just getting worse and worse. And they're legally entitled to buy the drink, you see. So this is back to public. This is back to personal responsibility and cop on. You know, they're all, uh, yeah, but the messages are a mess. There's, there's, there's two debates going on here. One is irresponsible drinking, street drinking, house drinking. And then there's the other debate, which is, Republicans responsible for X, Y, and Z. And I defend the publicans, as in, like, they are very responsible. And these days, there is no bad pubs. Okay, okay, you've said that a number of times. Hold, hold on there if you wish. Mike, good morning. Hi, and you, how are you keeping? Okay, you wanted to say that the problem is in the, late in the evening, so pubs should be closed earlier. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, social distancing inside Nepal after one point is okay, right? But after two or three points, three or four, five or six, right? It, it just won't happen, right? And every other country, well, a couple of countries, South Korea tried it, opened up, the pubs caused another spike, right, and they had to slow down slightly. Spain have opened up again, and some of the regions in Spain now, they have said, no, no late night drinking, no clubs, forget about it, right? So I like to drink myself, don't get me wrong, right? So I reckon, right, nine o'clock at night time, this virus is still around, and if we don't have social distancing, the problem is it's going to re-spike again. So 
pubs are the greatest problem. Now, I like to drink myself and repeat, repeat myself, right? So I reckon that could be a serious help. I understand the economy needs to get going and I'm all for that. But certainly nine o'clock at night time, I think would help a big in this country. Okay, good point. Just Chris, can before I, you go, yeah, do yeah. How will a, how will a super pub co- cope then on June twenty, July twentieth? First of all, first of all, Neil, nine o'clock is not humanly possible. Number two, why should a business, whether it be selling loaves of bread, pints of milk, or alcohol? Be forced to close at nine o'clock because you won't because be singing and dancing and hugging somebody after a sliced pan. That's why. Well, well, well okay, Neil. But don't go into the pub. Don't go into the nightclub. If you feel that strongly about social distancing and you feel as if you're not safe or you're not comfortable, don't go there. But so need I think actually everybody, yeah? everybody has to compromise in this now, right? And I think just saying, right, well, you can't do that, right? Would be don't go there. No, no, I like a drink as well. That's unfair. But all I'm saying is for the for the good of the country, the rules, look, after three or four points, people inside the pub will not be two metres apart. They'll be venturing meter. over to someone else's table or chatting yeah, with without them. Being, without being disrespectful, I've queued in, I've queued in uh, supermarket queues. I've obeyed the six, six feet rule, the two metre rule, and the security yeah. guy controlling the door has blah, blah, blah. And then I've gone inside and I've rubbed shoulders with everybody. Yeah, well, and everyone has rubbed shoulders yeah. with me. Yeah. So no, no, you, 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 yeah. no, no, you can't. You can't have a supermarket the same as a pub because when alcohol gets into your system, you will become more free and, and chatting away. It's, it's a fact of life, you know. So what are you, what are you saying? Nine o'clock, is it? I would reckon. Listen, not so somebody goes in at five o'clock, so they have four hours to get drunk. Okay, quarter to nine okay. then. Or? If it's, if it's nine o'clock, do their rates stop at nine o'clock? Does their charge? Well, no, that's their rent, yeah, that's a good o'clock. point. That's a good point. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm only thinking of something that's positive for the whole. I'm only thinking that's something that's running a business these days. He's not. He's not running a social club. It's a business he's running. I understand, but people have to be flexible now, right? This is a health issue. Thank you, gentlemen. Much obliged. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Much busier morning on this topic than I had uh, anticipated. So some things are going to park until until tomorrow. You see, the head of the dangerous diseases in Cork said the chances of catching coronavirus in the community is one in a million. Open the country back up and let people go on about our normal lives, but be careful. I heard someone say yesterday on your program that people should stay at home. Why? There's probably more of a chance of dying in your house from a fire than catching the coronavirus now. Well, I'll read out your text. I, I question your t- statistics, though. I really do. Uh, one in a million seems like, uh, I think that's probably just being, uh, you know, it's something you just roll off the tongue as, to, as opposed to having any. Maybe maybe in Cork might be, you know, one in 10,000 or 100,000, but on the island of Ireland, one in a million. This is much less than that, I'd say. Anyway, we'll come back after the break. There's a voice note, actually, I think, somewhere. There it is. There's a voice note, very short, um, that just come in here on um, uh, on bars. This is from Tim, who works in bars and has done for years. Uh, have a listen to this. Hi, Neil. Timmy O'Shea here. Listen, I worked in bars for many, many years, and I've listened to that man there about not being refused by publicans. Now, I'm not a publican, but I, 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 I realise when you refuse... Uh, certain customers you put up with an awful lot of abuse and you'd only be refusing them for the, for the good of their own health so they get home they get home safe and it's the abuse you put up with okay that's all I just think you can pass on you can, you can read out the comment you don't, you don't have to play it alright I'm, I'm happy to play it and thank you for it that's when somebody worked in the trade and the grief that they get when they refuse a customer you can send WhatsApp uh, voice notes yourself just use our WhatsApp on 0868 Sorry, the 0868-104-106 number, okay? Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 
1851-04106. Red FM. There are many, many businesses reopening, of course, and a lot of them are hotels right across our beautiful county, right across the whole area of uh, Munster and further afield. And with that in mind, across the week with I Knew a Collection Hotels, we're giving away wonderful uh, two-night breaks with breakfast for two people and a three-course meal. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to give away the Mokris Park Hotel and Spa. Five-star experience. And tomorrow, I'll feature the Radisson Blue Hotel in Athlone. As freedom returns, you can escape. You know, it's very nice just to get out of your own home environment to be pampered in another scenario. And that's what we're doing this week with Ainua Collection Hotels. You can further detail on all their hotels. We're talking about a core company here, so well worth supporting. Ainua.ie, I-N-U-A dot I-E. But yesterday, uh, I was talking to Senan wrote a letter to the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, and got a lovely response. I have to say, I, I, I mean, you have to give credit where it's due. I was well impressed with the, the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, for responding to him, replying to him. A very personal letter. It was a beautiful thing he did. So we need to acknowledge that. But Senan will be off down to Skelligs now uh, to see his granny, and he's gone down for six weeks with the family. And the school were delighted yesterday, and they shared my little interview with him, which was nice. And it's great, actually, to see the ripples in the pool and... It was good fun. So thank you, Senna, for coming on air and thanks to your mam as well. But I was talking, thinking about balanced skellies and, you know, thinking of things that we want to get back to. And, you know, just on a, on a personal note, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, Port McGee and to Valencia and balanced skellies and Carcevine and areas like that that are close to my heart. Next weekend, not this weekend coming, but next weekend, I'm going down to uh, the Echoes Hotel in Glengariff for a couple of nights. We booked that and uh, we're going down to savour more of the beauties of, of West Cork. And I'm looking forward to that also, the opportunity to get a bit more freedom and, uh, you know, soak up our beautiful county or indeed the wild Atlantic way. But with regards to Port McGee, I was chatting with, and, and I like to call it my, you know, home from home, and I've been going there for many, many years, of a house there and everything. Uh, but the moorings is reopening, the bridge bar is reopening, the fisherman's bar is reopening, the cafe will reopen in the village and a lot of things will come back to life and, you know, much of Waterville will reopen and things like that. Uh, and I've organized a lovely weekend break uh, for somebody that might like to avail of it. And we'll do it on Friday's program. Uh, but Patricia down there sent me the most beautiful note, you know, um, really gorgeously written. She says, as a family, we enjoyed making some fabulous memories during the imposed downtime. And we fell in love with our loca- locality all over again. And she said to me in an email, she said, we soaked up the va- vastness of the Atlantic Ocean. While having breakfast at Brayhead, we had early morning walks along Cooman Aspig. We smelt that salty sea air. We had dinner outdoors. Uh, later on, counting the stars and the darkness of the night skies, we watched the trawlers return with their catch. We cracked crab claws and ate the meat from the shells. We found scallops along the strand at low tide and we cooked them for lunch. We picnicked on the beach. We cycled along the quietest roads. And these wonderful moments will be ours forever. We gained a whole new appreciation for our spectacular locality because for the first time in years, we had to soak it all in, in the most perfect weather. We actually felt guilty at times, you know, that we had all of this on our doorstep while others were struggling with lockdown. And she says it would be nice now to allow it to be your time, your turn. Uh, and she sent me a lovely voucher for two nights bed and breakfast, one evening meal at the moorings. She sent me also a voucher for a bottle of Port McGee whiskey and a voucher for Final Dimensions Beauty Salon, and also entrance for two to the Skellig Experience Centre just on the island. Now, while you can't go out to the Skellig, maybe some of the boats might go round it with just a few people on it, but um, I thought it was the most beautiful note. If you haven't been there, I'd like you to invite you there because you're, you'll be going to somewhere that is very close to my heart, 
and perhaps you might like that. You can get further details if you want to book yourself at www.moorings.ie. You will love it down there, and I do, and I'm very fond and in love with it and have been for many years. I'm looking forward to going back down next week and over the summer. So I thought it was a beautifully written piece of prose. And if you like that, um, you know, whether it's there or West Cork or beautiful East Cork where I was last weekend, get out there and get booking and get, uh, you know, get involved in, you know, rediscovering our own beautiful country. So we'll do that on Friday. If you want to book yourself, you can book uh, and talk to Patricia at the Moorings and Bridge Bar, moorings.ie. They're taking bookings and you will not be disappointed. And I'm excited if Cork people go down there for the first time and see what I've had for many, many years. So more on that on Friday. Lots of emails, lots of texts and calls. Um, well, I, I just parked the emails and texts for a moment, if you don't mind, on the subject of, of pubs and what have you. Because I just want to just change horses midstream and cover as much as I can between now and, and midday. And I got uh, an email in with regards to how staff are treated and have been over the past uh, three months or so. And this is interesting, particularly for someone who's worked in retail for 20 years, who says that she has never got as much abuse from customers as she did in particularly the last few weeks. Now, I know that there was a very strong response to this when we posted it online yesterday, um, but Susan's going to take off for me now. Susan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Um, when you say we have been spat at, have you been spat at? I have had people so close to my face. That I felt their spit on my face. You actually that s- makes sense. Why were they so close? This was at the very start of it now before the screens went up and they were just so angry over the queues and so frustrated and that kind of thing that they were just giving out so much they were losing the plot. That's quite aggressive if they get Very right into your face. But yesterday, because yeah. we were talking about this yesterday, it prompted your response, complaints about shop assistance in the city on a power trip. So you have yeah. the, you feel free, feel free to share whatever you wish. Well, you know, basically what I said in my email, that people have been very aggressive to us as the weeks went on, especially last week. found last week very, very hard now um, to deal with customers. They're frustrated, they're fed up with everything, and they just seem to be taking it out on the staff. They don't want to be told, you know, to stand back anymore or... Anymore, they say, yeah, ah, that's yeah. the past, that's be- get over y- it. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. They've, they've given up on social distancing and the whole lot, and I know they're frustrated, but it's not my fault. I don't need to be shouted at because you're too close to someone else. So, okay, so you've had things thrown at you. You've so had, I've had things thrown at me, yeah. Like what? Things on the things on, on the, the on the conveyor belt, is it? Yeah, yeah. Land right in front of me, yeah. Yeah. Thrown in in disgust, temper, is it? Yeah. In temper. You've yeah. had eye rolling and tutting and an awful lot of oh, for God's sake. Yeah, that's a constant. That happens every second customer over something. Yeah. What could um, it be? What, I mean, what 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 would you be saying that to them? What would they say that for? could be anything um, as you say now just the simple can you just stand back a second just till this customer moves along or anything like that and that happens every every few minutes and I know it's only eye rolling or tossing but that can get to you after a while when you, but if so a staff member said to somebody back back no I wouldn't back, I no wouldn't no wait a second but maybe no, not you but back yeah. back back yeah. you're embarrassing them they're going to react if you embarrass them like that yeah well no with that, but you see Neil like they need some self-responsibility as well 
they need to take this on board and why why should I have to tell people to stand back? They need to take the responsibility themselves. A lot of these are grown adults. They know the situation. There's markers on the floor. There's signs everywhere. People just need to be a bit aware and then there won't have to be an interaction with a staff member. Yes, yeah. Not for you a know? moment. I mean, I'm sure you're, all of you say it in the nicest way possible, you know? Yeah, I, t- I do. I genuinely try to be nice and I just say, can you just hold on there a second, please? Or, you know, nice like that. We've had clenched fits, fists yep. and threats to, bre- to beat the crap out of us. Did yeah, somebody threaten to, to beat you up? Yeah, not me, another person that works in the store, yeah. We had to get that gentleman removed by security, yeah. Was he? He was, very, he was very scary. He was very aggressive. Now altogether, that man. What, he, why did Why did he lose it? I wonder. It's the same thing. Now he was just asked to step back politely, and he just lost us. He'd had enough of us. Okay, so he's got anger issues anyway. He's got anger yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've seen grown men and women fight over who's next in the queue. Yeah, they're constantly fighting. They're constantly pushing ahead in front of each other, skipping trying to skip the queue, you know, they're just... Well, you have the clowns who come up and don't realise there's a queue, you know? Oh, yeah, and, you know, when you just say, sorry, there's a queue behind you, most of them are fine. Most of them are fine, you know, they go, they apologise and they go back to the end of the queue, but there's other people then who are, would be ag- aggressive and try to jump ahead. Did your man leave when he was asked to buy security, he did? Um, the fellow with the fists, is it? He did, he did, he had a few words with security, but actually... Funnily enough, he did actually walk out of the store easy enough in the end. Happy to get out after his carry-on. We've had HSE pencil pushers pushing other customers out of the way because they think they have a divine right to get the bargains. Is this the the stuff that's on special offer, is it? Um, Yes. Now, I know there was some controversy over that online there last night, but people tell us where they work, and there's a big difference between somebody sitting in an office in the middle of nowhere on their own, which I have been told, and a doctor or a nurse or cleaner going into those wards up in CUH and dealing with very sick people. And the poor doctors and nurses who I have the highest respect for are the ones who would not flash their pass coming in the door. No, they wouldn't? No, they wouldn't. And it's just... They're the ones that deserve so much praise. I fully, uh, no, I, I I appreciate all that, but I was thinking about this as to whether somebody with an HSC badge actually should even get special dispensation to get one of the. I know you don't work in Leedle or Aldi or any of the any of those uh, organisations, so I'm not talking about you. But um, that a HSC staff member, why should they even with a badge be entitled to uh, jump the queue for a barbecue? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have thought it was essential shopping only. I would, yeah, I would assume so too, you know. That's what I would assume. And they're I'm quite entitled to, to get that, you know. But some of them have embarrassed themselves. They have been shouted. I was shouted the other day at somebody who tried to shout at my customer that who was, who was the next in line. And she came from around somewhere else, demanded to be first, demanded that I'm a HSE worker and I should be first and had words with me and, and with my customer, yeah. But aren't you, would you, like, what did you do? Are you, are you not obliged to let her go, him or, him or her? Well, I, I, I had already started serving mine. Which is, that's pure the ignorance then. You started yeah. to serve a person and this HSE yeah. staff member comes up 
that wants to yeah. go in ahead of somebody who's already being served. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she did now. She and that's why I'm, I feel embarrassed for her then because she let her, herself down. And what did she do? She stormed off to someone else. We've had customers put our head and body under the perspex that's supposed to keep us safe. Why in the name of God do they have to do that? I don't know why they do it. I don't know. Is it just they do it without thinking or what they do? They're just, I don't know. It's just a reaction, I'm sure, to some people that they, they put their heads underneath their perspex. And it's not just an not even the, seen that in other stories. Not easy, that's not even an easy thing to do. No, it isn't. It isn't. I don't know how they manage it, but they do. They We've like been attacked for wearing gloves. We've been attacked yeah. for not wearing gloves. Yeah, that's a no-win situation, yeah. Do you ever snap? Uh, no, not at the gloves, no. I just kind of say, look, I just wear them to protect myself, really, and I do change them regularly. Oh, well, they give grief because you have them on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because people, you know, and there is mixed messages out there because some people say you shouldn't wear them, some people say you should. Oh, my God almighty. Yeah. You're like a yeah. counsellor. Oh, that's my part-time job, I think, yeah. <laughs> so, does it bring tears to the eyes of any of the staff? It can, it can, yes. There have been plenty of tears. Like, mentally, it's very draining, Neil, you know, um, to deal with this constantly. It's not just a one-off situation. You can This can happen a few times a day. Um, and as I said, those, those simple things like eye-rolling and tossing and throwing your eyes to heaven... They can get you. No, you're on edge. You're going to be yeah. anxious all of the time. Yeah. You are you like, know? you're on alert. Yeah. You're not well, enjoying you your job. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to work to the person you're serving, you know, and trying to make sure nobody comes near them and, you know, nobody jumps the queue, all this kind of thing, you know. You're, you need your eyes darting everywhere. And is there grief then with people bringing too many kids in, swinging off trolleys? You have to kind of try and control all that? Yeah, again, now in the last couple of days now, a lot of people have started to bring in their children. And look, if they need to, they need to. But I would ask people who are bringing children and people who have been cocooning, this is all a new thing to them now. They've been locked up for a couple of weeks. So if you're bringing them out, explain it to them. Point out the signs on the floor to yeah, them. Yeah. So, you know, they have to be... Shown, they're not just going to get it when they come in the door. But some people will never get it. I was talking about no, an won't. experience there earlier in the week where these two women went in and they were they picked up four or five different mangoes. They were pu- t- pushing them, prodding them, feeling them. Yeah. They did the same with bananas, and they were over then with apples. And I was thinking to myself, God Almighty, like this is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're right. Like people forget, and they passed the sanitizers going in the front door. Just door, walked yeah. right past them. Yeah, you know. And that's it. It's in every shop and every store. All these things are there. People just need to use them. Do you dread going in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get when you go in every day. You just don't. You know, you can... It can just take one person to ruin your day. Imagine what it's going to be like for bar staff. I I tell you, you I'm praying for them. Absolutely praying for them. So if you had one message... After two or three drinks. After a few drinks, yeah, yeah. 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 If you had one message for people, and bear in mind there are those who are really very kind and very understanding and very patient, but for those that aren't, what would the message be? Well, it just... I know you're frustrated. I know this is hard, but we're all in it together. We all need to pay attention and just be alert. And it's not the fault of the person who's trying to help you 
you know, to stay back two metres or one metre, I'd say it'll go to one metre soon. It's just take some self-responsibility for it. But, but just before I let you go, I, I get the impression from you that this is something that's gaining momentum over the last few weeks, that people feel, ah, it's all over now, we're getting back yeah. to normal. Uh, cop yourself on, shop assistant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the past, like? That was the past, now it's all over and we, ha- we have to get back to normal, but we can't get back to normal yet. Well, the same, the same, the same guidelines apply as they did two months ago, what have you. Yeah, yeah I know what you're yeah. saying. Okay, h- hang on there if you wish, Susan. Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Neil. All right, you want to pick up, and fairness to Susan's, it takes a brave woman to come out and say these things, but in fairness, well done to her. So what are your okay. thoughts on it? Um, exactly what, like, it's my daughter that works in there in the supermarket, you know, and exactly now everything that lady's after saying, my daughter comes home and says the exact same. And, like, she's even asked, been asked, I don't know how many times, do you have uh, COVID-19? Because she has a condition with her throat, uh, dysphonia. And she might have to clear her throat a couple of times to speak to somebody. And people are shouting and screaming at her. She's COVID-19 while she doesn't work in here. They say that. Yeah. Okay. And she gets very upset with it because she has a condition with the throat. Do you know what I mean? It's not that she is sick or anything with it. It's just a condition. And it doesn't happen all the time, but somebody could. And she said, it's the elderly people, the older the person are, and it's women, are the worst <sighs> to deal with. Oh, no. Yeah. She said she even had men standing with their partners or their wives or whatever and telling them to cop on. Um, did you change your gloves before you put my uh, my shop in? Did you do this? And she's like, um, I'm sitting here doing my job. Could you just carry on, please? Do you know, and she just, she said it is very stressful, like, do you know what I mean? Without having to put up with the abuse of it all. Yeah. 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 Um, and she's quite young, Neil, do you know what I mean? So it's so her kind of first real job. Older women, um, would you concur with that, Susan, or do you have would, an opinion? I would, I would. I, I definitely say the 50 age bracket up can be very rude and aggressive, yeah. Very rude. They don't want to, they don't want to know about it. They don't want to be told anything. They know it all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So your daughter, does she dread going in then? She do. Um, no, she doesn't mind the job as such, do you know what I mean? But like, it's just that she doesn't know who she's going to come across. Does she? Uh, she did she tell you, like, uh, we just touched there on the, uh, and I'm not being disparaging to healthcare workers and frontline workers who are probably, were exhausted, now exhausted they are now, but they were doing 12 and 15 hour days and they had to get food and it was only right that they shouldn't have to queue to feed themselves after the work that they put in. But... HSC pencil pushers pushing other customers out of the way. Did she talk about anything like that? Do you know, she said a lot came in and said there were HSC workers and when she asked for um, their badge, oh, I don't have it with me. People trying it on. Trying it on. Yeah, yeah, people were trying it on, like. Um, she said she's seen a few. Um, no, i seen this actually myself. I was in the queue one day myself and this there was a fine queue now and everyone else, like everyone is waiting and this woman came along thinking that she was better than everyone, looked at us all and carried on in. And people started shouting and screaming, where's she going? She's jumping the queue. And next, the manager came out and said, she's actually HSC. But she could have just turned to us, Neil, and said, I'm HSC, I wouldn't be long in there. Do you know that kind of way? But some of them just think they're above the rest. Kind of in a snoozy kind of a way. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. I, I mean, know. like my daughter would finish work and then she'd, she'd queue somewhere else to go into another shop bar and she'd have to be working all day. But she wants to go somewhere else to get something or even the fast food. 
and she'll go in and order her stuff and queue like everyone else. I know, yeah. I mean, I she know. was getting no special treatment, even if she'd her uniform on her. She was still in the queue, do you know no, what I mean? And listen. she didn't want... She didn't want any special treatment. The behaviour of some people is just a disgrace. Yeah, it really and truly is. Okay, all right. Well, give her, give her, give us, give her your our best, will you? And stay on the phone line. I'm gonna send her out a voucher for a little gift, and you as well. All right, Susan. So hold on, both of you. Appreciate it. Thanks for that, Susan. Thank Thank you so much for coming forward. Appreciate it, Susan, uh, who's working in retail, and indeed Sharon, whose daughter does the same. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I will be doing shout outs in a few minutes' time. Your thoughts on that are welcome, actually, particularly if you work with the public and it's been difficult for you. I mean, Susan was talking about being spat at clenched fists, threats, uh, people jumping queues, uh, you know, being attacked for wearing gloves, being attacked for not wearing gloves, asking people to stand back. It's just a nightmare for many people in retail. Text 0868104106. Shout outs then. And this week we are featuring Roosters Piri Piri. Um, Blackpool Retail Park in Douglas and also have some ramen Asian street food vouchers to give away, particularly for the Anglesey Street Click and Collect branch. So all that and lots more after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106. Okay, and you can text 0868104106. The country reopens, of course, and we can all go anywhere in County Cork now. And from Monday, of course, you can go out to any part of the country and do whatever you want. And Reggie's been very busy. You know Reggie from Mass Audrey. Well, he's been very busy actually doing some work on behalf of uh, Cork City and County Council, by all accounts. Just on a lighter note, he's got a big plan uh, and it may well work. Audrey, we'll talk how's it going, just a quick one. Uh, Cork City Council rang me there this morning. Now, I don't feel it's but Colin Meany, actor, poor man's Gillian Murphy, I think. Anyway, he's done a video for Dublin City Council saying, oh, come on, come on in, we're open for shopping, etc. So, Cork City Council got to me and said, look, Reggie, would you do the same Cork, you know, promoting the city. And I said, of course, no problem, I'm delighted. I do it for nothing. It's not like I need the money. So, look, Audrey, it's coming up now in a sec, right? I just want you to check that I got the tone just right. Okay, here goes. Hello, old stocks. Yes, Cork City is back in business. The greatest city in the world. Did you get that, Colomini? It's just time for you to pop on down and shop your clothes off. Your safety is our concern. So we've taken certain measures to regulate the flow of people around the city. For instance, if you're arriving from West Cork, that measure is a roadblock in Shannon. Um, we're not really ready yet for people to go to Timpat, Timpat, Timmy, Timmy, Timpat. Gives a few weeks on that one. Uh, very funny names you have there in West Cork. Now, for those of you considering retail therapy in North Cork, have you tried Limerick? You know, not the, well, not the absolute worst city in the world. And God knows, you know, they could, they could do it with a few bob. Um, look, the problem with North Cork for me is I got out of the car once in Cantork. Jesus, the f- smell. How do people, how do people live like that? Now, for those of you lucky enough to get into the city to go shopping, it's going to be busy. Right? So we're going to have two queues outside every shop. We're going to have a standard queue. And then there'll be a priority queue for people who went to fee-paying school. And if you're wondering how you'll know if someone went to fee-paying school, don't worry, they'll tell you. I went to Prez. I mean, not Clongos, but sure. You do what you can. Now, the second thing is we're going to practice true social distancing in Cork, starting today. Right? To that end, we're going to actually segregate the north side and the south side. Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday... The Northsiders will be allowed into the city. You can just imagine the mayhem in Benny's, right? And then the other days, bridges closed, no Norries. It's just we Southsiders walking around, civilised. Basically, you're talking Paris, okay? So that's it. Cork, greatest city in the world, as long as you've got a few quid. Okay, God bless. Okay, Audrey, look, that was it. Um, you know, have a look. I don't think I offended anyone there that didn't deserve to be offended, but you never know with these things. Uh, get back to me ASAP, please. Talk to you, bye. <laughs> 
Reggie didn't offend anybody apart from the people in West Cork called Tim Pat, Tim Pat, Timmy, Timmy, Tim Pat. <laughs> Oh man, I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, uh, just uh, one or two quick calls, then some shout outs to finish, and we'll see where we go tomorrow. Patrick, good morning. Come on, Neil. Uh, working 20 years in the HSC, have you had a badge that you used for priority shopping? I don't believe in it, Neil. I prefer to queue like everyone else. Um, but why? Like, if somebody in the HSC was working on the wards, doing a 12 or a 15 hour shift without a break, absolutely exhausted, wants to go home and, and eat and cook and, and things like that. Why Why should we have asked them to queue? Because I, I don't I've, uh, I work in the operating theatres. I do week on week off like I do 12 hour shifts. And I don't think we should be treated any different than anyone else. We're just doing our job at the end of the day. You believe that it should have been scrapped or never been around in the first place and everybody should queue like everyone else? I personally think, because I think this is the way of life for the foreseeable future at the moment, anyway. Okay, so you never used in 20 years. And and how was work over the last three months? What can you share it's with been, me? With It's been a tough, tough couple of months. I have two young kids, so going home to them as well, you know, not rewarding whether you have it or don't have it is the next thing, you know. Yeah, and obviously, like, when you're at work, of course, you're up, were you up to 90 for the last few months? Well, up to 90, yeah, but sure, you just get used to it after, after a while. So, and you just have to go in and do your job and just get on with it. Go in and do your job. And when you went home, then you would have to change everything, shower, take change off? Change everything, shower, take off everything, and wash the clothes separately to the wife and the kids. So. Uh, how do you just feel about some people who were annoyed with HSC staff flashing badges or jumping queues? And well, yeah, no, if I was working in the retail business, I'd feel the same as that woman that was on really go like this. We're no different than anyone else. We're doing a job at the end of the day, like them people in the retail business. So I don't think anyone should be abused, like at the end of the day, by any sector. They have, they have, by any sector, they have a tough job to do as well. Like, okay, listen. Thanks for taking the call. I know you're under pressure, Patrick. Let, let me send out a voucher for maybe roosters for you or for ramen for yourself and the kids. Will you hold on there? I will. Yeah. And well done on the work that you're doing within the HSC. All right, appreciate that. Okay, thank you. Thank Cheers, you, my bye. friend. Much obliged. Fast one here from Demo. Good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Bye. Good, my man. You were in Aldi on Sunday. Yeah, well, it was actually this previous Sunday, and then um, every desk fella just came up to the top of the queue and went straight in. And, well, he flashed his card, obviously, and then went straight in, and then, obviously, he just got a box of cans and walked back out again, then, like, and was all all about. Do you know? And everybody queuing then. And was there a big queue? He his card because I asked, the, I asked the, the manager, what's the story there? How come he was able to walk in while everybody else was queuing? There was actually an old woman at the back of the queue now, probably in her 70s, like, do you know? And was there many in that queue? There was a big enough queue, all right. Well, I suppose there might have been about 30, maybe. Go away. So, how, how long was it? A, are they slow moving queues? I see a queue, I go away, but are they slow moving queues? They're not too bad. One in, one out, that kind of a thing, you yeah, know. So, in go, like, oh. he went in, got a box, a, can, a box of cans of beer. If it had been a, a, a box of chicken fillets, it would have been all right, is it? I don't know about that. <laughs> but I suppose, like, the fact that he's actually, he was able to go straight in to get drink, alcohol, like, you know, whatever everybody else was getting there, there you know, their shopping. That like. was, for you, that flash in the card for that was just taking the mick? Nah, but I didn't like it a lot, to be honest with you, yeah, you know? Yeah, that was just tearing the hole out of us, we used to say before. It really was, like, it really was. Especially when you see an old woman down the back of the queue, like, you know? Gotcha. Go you know, I, well, I mean, the old woman probably should have been left in before him. Well, there you go. She'd be probably just getting her essentials, you know? Yeah. You want to have some nerve, though, to flash a HSC card, go in and get a six pack and walk out again. Like, oh, he was laughing about it to another fell in, though, then. Nah. 
I swear to God, Neil, I, I, I was like a dog over the twelve. I, I can understand. Anything to him, no. I understand. I want to be disrespectful. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you saw it and you shared it with me. Thanks for that demo, right? Appreciate it. Have a good day today. My partner has worked on the front line all through this pandemic and is still flat out to the mat. Please, would you have a voucher for one of your? Well, he's there. A lot of people still looking for Tom Durkin barbecue boxes. That was a huge success. You can still book and order Tom Durkin's barbecue boxes. They'll deliver them for you and everything. TomDurkin.ie. It was his birthday on the fourth of June. But you never gave him a shout out. My apologies to Alan Milner. A belated happy birthday. Ballinur Crescent in Mahan. Have a great one when I send you a voucher. It won't be for Tom Darkins, but we'll sort something out for you. Panicked this morning when I thought there was no podcast. I listen every day in Minnesota. I'm from Crosshaven. And I came to Duluth, Minnesota in 83 when I was 20 years old. I'm 57 now. I was lucky enough to be able to retire at 54 so I can listen to you every day. I came here to go to college, got my degree, got married, have two grown daughters. All my family are still in Cork. Your show is a lifeline. I found your podcast about two years ago. I haven't missed a single show since. It brings me so much comfort. I have fond memories of my mum listening to you in the mornings. If I was ever homesick from school as a child... She just loved you so much. And then in later years, when I came home on holidays, there was that lovely, comfort- comforting feeling knowing she was in the kitchen, still busy and happy listening to you. My mother, sadly, has since passed away. We miss her so much. One of my daughters spent time studying while in the University of Minnesota at UCC and stayed with grandma. And she got to become familiar with you then as well. I'm currently on All Things Cork. I'm currently on All Things Cork, thanks to you and your staff, like up to date, I suppose. Thank you all for all you're doing for the millions like myself who are so far from home. Listening to the podcast brings the illusion we are home for a few short hours every day. You'll never know how important the connection to home is for all of us. Best regards to you all, says Nora. That's a beautiful email. Thank you for getting in touch. And I'm so glad to hear that you listen and that your mother did before you. I'm so long on the air now, 88, 98, 2008, 2008, 42 years if you count pirates and everything. And, and for much of that, your mother was a loyal listener. I've heard that often, actually, second and third generation listeners. Hope you're well. Nominate my niece, please, for a voucher. Sixth class student. It's been tough for her adjusting to the facts that she won't be spending the last few months with her friends in school. She missed out on so much. Confirmation, graduation, school tours, graduations. Principal wasn't, ha- wasn't happy with uh, uh, the fact that they had to finish so, so quickly. And recently, the parents then attempted to organize a social distant drive-by parade. Local businesses got involved to celebrate the children finishing in school, but the principal wasn't happy with this and asked for any attempt to go forward with the parade to be withdrawn. So, as an attempt to mark this personally for my niece, I'd like to organise maybe something for her in the garden. Maybe a voucher would help, says Kate O'Flynn, and we'll sort that out for you as well. Sad about the principal because many schools did organise drive-bys and there was a lovely one actually that went right past on the Douglas Road there last weekend with horns beeping and everything and it was fun. Deborah says, I wonder if you might uh, send a voucher to one of our former colleagues, Colin Barry. He moved from us a number of weeks ago from the housing office in Knocknahini to a new area office in Mayfield. We haven't been able to leave, do a, have a leaving due for him because of lockdown restrictions, says Deborah O'Connell. So we'll sort that out. How about my uh, good sister Debbie and her husband Ronster? They've been really good to me. My name's Billy. I was at their wedding anniversary a week ago. It was their wedding anniversary, and I would appreciate it if you could sort them out. They're living in Dunamore. Uh, morning to all of you. I'd like to nominate Megan, Sinead, and Alan, who do home support in Cove. They'd love a gift if you could spare one, says Francis, and a voucher to treat my husband, who's working straight through the pandemic and also doing extra hours. He comes home and helps me with our newborn baby boy, Alex. 
He helps with the night feeds. And just two quick ones, please. Our ma'am Pauline and y'all, very happy birthday for today. She listens every morning. Tell her we love her so much, says Sean and Agnes. And my daughter's birthday's today. Well, this was yesterday, bonfire night. There was no bonfires, I believe, was it? It wasn't a... There wasn't a match struck, I'm told. At least I'm told. Anyway, her name is Sonia Healy. She's a nurse in the CUH. It was her birthday yesterday. Maybe you might send her a gift of a virtual love the show, says Kathleen. So for all of you, and I'll do more tomorrow, I'll do a double batch because I have a lot of emails and texts. And also, I will be reading out all of my messages from my Instagram page as well on tomorrow's program. So if you're not following me on Instagram, perhaps you might like to do so. Neil Prendival on Instagram. So it's Roosters and Ramen today. Lots more tomorrow. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.